And I'm Keith Isles, and we are both independent filmmakers who enjoy discussing movies and related media. And for this episode of the podcast, we've managed to get off of Skype and out into the field. And we are really pleased to uh, welcome a new guest to the podcast, a good friend of mine, filmmaker Ross Shepherd. So welcome to the podcast, Ross. Hello, hello. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, well, um, thank you for being our host. Well, what an honour to not only be on this podcast, but to have the two of you in the same room, uh, which I don't think happens very often. Yeah. Um, thank you very much for coming. Thank you. I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to interrupt each other less, <laughs> so, but at, le at least we can pull faces at one another when we do so. So yeah. it's, it's, it's always fun to do it this way. Nice. So, um, but before we get into today's topic, which we'll reveal shortly, um, I want for the benefit of our listeners out there to talk a little bit about you, Ross. So can you tell us yeah. a little bit about who you are, what you do, and yep. maybe we can talk about some of the projects we've worked on? Sure thing. Um, so yeah, I've been a filmmaker for about uh, 10 to 15 years now. Um, about 15 years ago, I met this man, Keith Isles, on a student film that I was making, a graduation film, Kingdom of Shadows. Um, and straight away, we kind of uh, had some uh, movie tastes in common, let's say. A lot of talk about Indiana Jones and Star Wars, uh, Back to the Future and things like that. Lost. Uh, lost a few years later, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially, I spent 10 years uh, making short films, uh, shot two features in that time, um, one of which was released for uh, DVD distribution in the UK. That's quite a big project for me, a no-budget feature called Heathen. Um, still out there somewhere. Although most copies, are, sadly, were, were burnt down in the uh, Croydon warehouse fire of 2011. Oh, dear. Uh, but hey, there you go. So if you do find a copy on Amazon, um, it's it worth might, a might lot. be worth a few. It might be worth <laughs> Sell a it quid. to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um, I suppose, yeah, other projects to mention would be uh, a short film a couple of years ago called Victorian I'm Dead, which is a short uh, horror um, thriller uh, that got into a lot of festivals in the States and kind of... Um, did quite well for a short film online uh, that was fun to make um, at the moment I'm just working on a couple of new uh, drama projects um, and basically I'm, I'm working I'm ashamed to say I work full-time in advertising uh, as a video director at the moment um, which uh, although sounds like a huge sellout um, pays the bills and is uh, is fun to be working on all sorts of briefs every day so hopefully the room isn't bugged, eh? Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, let's hope, let's hope, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, obviously, yeah, we've we worked together a number of times. Um, you know, as I said, I was in your first film back in the days when I could play a dad to a young child rather than <laughs> a dad to a teenage child, oh, as it would be nowadays. Yeah, exactly. but, um, but, uh, but you also helped me on one of my, well, my first film that I made when I was back here in the UK, uh, Cross Lines, which you, um, you know, co-produced with me and, uh, you know, worked as sort of first AD, yeah. etc. So yeah, yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was good. And, and like you said, we share many, uh, many film and television tastes. So, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Including uh, what we're here to talk about today. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, this was actually at your request today, wasn't it? <laughs> so, uh, do you, do, you, do you want to talk about what our um, topic for t today is? It's already it's, out in the cinemas. So. Sure. So we're going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story, I believe. Yes. Excellent. Well, 
we always like to to you know let guests go first. So okay. before we get into Solo, a Star Wars story itself, yeah. um, give us a little bit of your um, history with Star Wars as a franchise and sort of how you discovered it and what it means to you as an individual. Yeah, um, I mean, I expect I'm not alone in saying this, but Star Wars is a is a massive part of my life um, yeah. and always has been since I was very very young and actually for them to have made a film about Han Solo that character in particular just resonates in a way that's kind of quite hard to put into words really um, he just I mean talking specifically about obviously Harrison Ford I think that those films of the early 80s uh, Raiders Empire Temple of Doom Return of the Jedi those are the films that I was brought up on those are the films that I remember you know, sticking in the VHS recorder and rewinding and replaying with my older brother until literally the tapes were worn out. You know, every time they'd be on at Christmas, the whole family was, I can see you guys nodding. You know, it sounds yeah, very it, familiar, it, doesn't it, it, it Simon? It, it's yeah. such a kind of, um, it's, he, Han Solo is just such an icon. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything about the original Star Wars trilogy is just so important to me as a person. And as, as kind of, is really pretty much responsible for for shaping my life really without wanting to go too deep yeah i wouldn't be sat here right now i would never have um followed my interest in making films i, I would never have studied film at university i never would have made any films and never, never would have met my wife you know wouldn't have kids that we've got. <laughs> you know, it, it, it literally if you trace it the love of star wars and then and therefore the love of film literally uh, branches out into every facet of my life and yeah. my personality so no pressure when it comes to casting a new character to play a young Han um, and I, I'm not gonna lie when they announced this uh, I wasn't too interested in it I, re I just thought what are they thinking you can't replace Harrison Ford you can't do justice to that character it's just not possible um, even when Rogue One came out I'll be honest I mean you know right now Star Wars is, is a massive part of my life not only because there's a new film out but as I mentioned I have a young son and he is really getting into it in a massive way and so I've been going back pretty much every day. Star Wars is on in our house in, in some way, shape or form, whether it's Lego, Star Wars or the real thing. I get the uh, impression someone may have used the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. No? Yeah, 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 yeah. You um, will like Star Wars. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> These are the toys you're looking for. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Move along. Yeah. No, um, he... You know, I try. I hoped he would like it, but this is my son Dave, and he's only four, uh, believe it or not. But he is completely fluent in the original trilogy already. He's got, mm -hmm. he's taken all my old toys. He's playing with them every day. And as I say, the films are on all the time. Um, the original ones, the ones that are rated U. I'm not. I'm not a, a bad parent showing him twelve A's. <laughs> but yeah, the yeah. Uh, Star Wars is is just a big a big part in my life again now, and it's been really nice to kind of go back and relive those old films with him, um, and actually. Obviously, we're coming. We're, we're talking about this now at a time where we've had, in this sort of Disney era, we've had two new sequels to the original trilogy, and we've now had two standalone um, uh, stories. Let's say, and I, you know, I loved Force Awakens. Absolutely loved Force Awakens. I'm not going to lie; it wasn't perfect for me, and it had a pretty. Uh, so, spoilers alert if anyone hasn't seen <laughs> Force Awakens, but it had a pretty hard to watch death scene in it for reasons mm -hmm. reasons yeah. just mentioned and con context just nodded to. Um, I didn't particularly care for Last Jedi, I'm not going to lie. And I know that's been a topic of this podcast uh, for many hours, and I've listened to those hours. And if we want to get into that, I'm, I'm ready to uh, share my view. But yeah, the the announcement of a, of a Han Solo standalone film just kind of scared me a bit. I thought, mm -hmm. what 
what are you thinking? You can't go there. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere we don't need to uh, dig into. And that's always a worry with prequels is, you know, kind of what's the point, really? You know, mm-hmm. we, we know how it's going to end up. Um, we've just had three prequels from Lucas himself. And Rogue One is a prequel, really, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why are we bothering with another one? Um, and I have to say, I was absolutely wrong to have those thoughts. And I really loved it. I've seen it twice. Solo, I thought it was an absolutely brilliant film for reasons that we'll get into. I guess. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. how did uh, Simon, how did you... I was going to say, Simon, you, you, you go first, because <laughs> I've, as usual, got quite a bit to say on oh, it, but you go first. No, I, I think, like yourselves, I had the, the same reservations, especially hearing about the production history of this, when the two original directors were fired from it, and yeah. Ron Howard stepped in to take over. Yeah. It, um, it's like, ooh, doesn't sound good. Uh, I know that... Um, a lot of the blame of uh, problems that were going on with the film were put solely on the feet of the actor. Uh, what's his name? Alden. Uh, Alden Henrik. And um, and so, you know, when I stepped into the film, I wasn't expecting much, but uh, I really enjoyed it. it. It really won me over. And you think, and after coming out of it, you think, well, this is the guy who made Willow, Ron Howard. <laughs> so you think it's going to be kind of good. You know, he's stepping and, back and into it. In and Willow's in it. Yeah. And Willow is playing a character from Phantom from Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It's yeah. actually a Same character. Yeah. Same character, yeah. 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 Okay, the guy who's sat in the audience of the pod race. Yes. Looking very excited at something that we can't That's really right, see. That's right, yeah. yeah. Mm. Goes on. <laughs> and uh, meet Solo. Watching Jabba throw frogs off of a balcony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. You tell I've just watched it, can't you? Yeah. Phantom Menace flashbacks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. And um, I don't understand what the backlash is, mm. why there's a lot of hate for this film. I mean, I did, there. there's sort of been backlash for all of these new films in, in some way or, or, uh, or not f- mm. I think Force Awakens not so much I mean people did say oh it's a bit too much like New Hope but um, mm. I think Disney made it safe because they wanted to say to audiences it's not the uh, prequels yeah you're, you're back in the old Star Wars universe so yeah. you know take a breath relax yeah but people haven't people really with each of these films now they've really up in arms mm. and I just I don't get it mm. yeah I mean, the more time goes by I'm still not an old film by any means but Rogue One seems to have really become a favourite and people I, I only ever sort of come across good responses to that film mm-hmm. and it's got a very I think it's got a very high score isn't it in, in all the sort of um, yeah. aggregated well, uh, it, it, it <laughs> certainly has with me right. I mean um, you, you, you know I, I've, I've said quite controversially and, and I'll stand by it um, for me I'm actually probably more of a fan of the anthology films that we're getting at the moment than I am of the actual saga ones. The, if, if meaning it, the new the saga. The new saga, yeah. the new yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, as you mentioned, I, I've, I found The Force Awakens, as we've talked about in depth on this podcast before, <laughs> but I found The Force Awakens... Uh, you know, incredibly entertaining. I like JJ as a movie, as a filmmaker anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, but yes, I understand people's views about it being somewhat derivative of, mm. of a new hope. Um, 
I have my, I don't hate it, but I have my reservations with The Last Jedi, which has been an ongoing conversation. One of the things I want to say on the podcast, actually, because I'm getting a little bit um, kind of, uh, you know, everybody's got a voice now in, in the new world that we live with social media and, you know, platforms to, um, to, 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 give your own reviews and, and say things. And unfortunately, um, what that's bred is this sort of uh, grouping of people and especially grouping of like what they call toxic fandom. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, I get kind of annoyed about is if you've got anything remotely negative to say about The Last Jedi, suddenly you are sort of put into this bracket that you're a privileged sexist racist homophobe right which yeah. you know i take objection to because I'm, <laughs> I'm none of those things quite the opposite yeah and um you know my my issues with uh the last jedi are nothing to do with the sort of you know social justice warrior issues mm. there's nothing about gender or or race or well, it's, or, or, it's or funny sex. you bring that up because i ha will have to say the one thing for solo that really knocks me out of the film and it's that it's evading a lot of the star wars films is the fact that they put social issues into it stuff that we're worried about now it's supposed to be a galaxy far far away yeah so the character of the robot mm -hmm. in solo l3 yes yeah, yeah. l3 Going on about you know of droids. droids. Oh, she starts. Yeah, the the, the, femin yeah. the feminist droid, which yeah. we've uh, we've not sort of come across before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but it yeah, it, I, it I does it, it, it kind of knocks you out of it a, a little bit because mm. it's I have to say she's an annoying character mm. and the whole thing about Lando being pansexual. Mm. You watch the film, you're like, what the f what they're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't understand this. It's, it comes from some comment that was made mm. in an interview. Uh, it's just like... What, who, which interview? With, with, um, um, you mean with the original I actor think, that played Lando? Or no, you, or no, no, no. With, I think with Donald Glover, yeah. Okay, I right. mean, there, there's a whole thing about the robot saying, oh, well, you know, mm. he, he has feelings for me, but I can never... Yeah. That's fine, but I mean, that's that's different than wanting to have sex with the robot. Yeah, because oh, that's no, what a pansexual. I mean, well, I had to look up what a pansexual is, and a pansexual is somebody. <laughs> Tell me, what is a some, somebody? <laughs> it's literally like they're, they're not bisexual, they're not homosexual, they're not heterosexual. They just sleep with whatever they right. want to sleep with. <laughs> the whatever it doesn't matter if it's yeah. male, female, uh, robot, mm. yeah. uh, blow up doll. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I don't know if that includes animals or not, but the the definition well, I've the yeah. definition I've read is anything. Okay, yeah, and it's just like I, I it's a, again, it's like well, I don't want that in a Star Wars. No, yeah. well, Star Wars, in my opinion, and I know Star Wars is different things to different people. I get that, but Star Wars has never been about sexuality. Star Wars, yes, there's been romance in all of the Star Wars films. And obviously, Star Wars has been about sort of, you know, procreation in so much, uh, you know, it's dealt with twins. And uh, although, obviously, Anakin was somehow the Immaculate Conception, yeah, which is which is yeah, still bizarre. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah. unfortunately, sometimes issues come into these things for issues' sake. And... Uh, you know, there's, as I said, there's a lot of toxic fandom out there. Um, you know, 
Ryan Johnson is getting a lot more stick than he deserves. I don't necessarily agree with every choice he made storytelling wise in 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 the last Jedi or or, or directing wise. Yeah. But he doesn't deserve the attacks that he's coming Definitely under. Not. No, yeah. no, and no one ever um, for creating a piece of art. No, exactly. Uh, be personally offended or um chastised in any way. No. And, yeah. uh, that, that, and I, I respect mean, the fact that he's subverted um the expectation but unfortunately the the old the first generation star wars fans which i you know annoying as it is i class myself in because yeah. i was a child when the when the films yeah. first came out um you know a lot of them you know you're getting tagged as man babies and all this sort of thing but a lot a lot haven't been able to sort of let that go yeah. um and obviously you know i look at i look at this and i know and and as objective as I try to be about any of it, I know that there's a lot of nostalgia that plays in this for me, simply because, as you said at the beginning, Ross, and, and we've covered this before, but Star Wars was a, a first in a lot of things in my life, which you can listen to another podcast to hear all those things. But but it is so important to me and has shaped who I am today. So I, so it, I hold it very dear um, to, yeah. to, to my heart. So... Uh, um, you, you know, it's it's it's. You know, you're going to have problems with things. I think, yeah. and and you know, and as a creative person myself that thinks, oh, I want to do these things. Uh, you know, I'd like to be making these films. Yeah. You're going to have an opinion, but um, just yeah. because somebody's gone a different route with it, doesn't mean that um, it, it, it's bad. It's mm -hmm. just for me, in terms of the Star Wars timeline, I kind of like it from. This film, mm -hmm. Solo, a Star Wars movie, right off sorry, story, sorry, right the way through to Return of the Jedi. Right. That's kind of my sweet spot of yeah. Star Wars, if, mm, if yeah. you like. Yeah. And uh, just because, you know, those those are the films that I like. The sequel stuff, I'm, you know, I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Han Solo's character get a, uh, obviously we join him some, what, 40 years yeah. later or whatever. Yeah. And... You know, he had gone backwards in so much as he was now, you know, he and Leia had separated and he was estranged from his son and he's well, he back smuggler to smuggling yeah. with yeah. Chewbacca and the Falcon, you know, and all this. Well, not in the Falcon looking to start with, Falcon. looking for the Falcon. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you know, I, I've got some friends that say that was they think that was a bit of a step backward for the character. But by the same merit, um, I do like the fact that it that it kind of gave him a swan song. Yeah, but, well, they had to, um, I think, JJ and... Uh, Lawrence Kasdan wrote Force Awakens together, yes. didn't they? And they yeah. had to, they had to take Han somewhere more interesting than where he ended up in Jedi. Um, they had, to be honest, you know, <laughs> well, Je Jedi we... was trying to sew it all up, and they're all yeah. sitting around a campfire, and the, uh, the <laughs> statues have been pulled down, and the Ewoks are playing. Yeah, the, it's, the it's the very it's, helmets. It's, it's very well known that Harrison Ford felt that his character should have died in Return of the Jedi, and I yes. think Lawrence, yeah. Lawrence Kasdan agreed. But with he did him. agree. Yes, apparently. Yeah. yeah, and I think Gary Kurtz prior to his departure kind of wanted to go that, that route yeah, so yeah. so legend has it yeah. but um, i mean yeah. I, I always it was funny actually because as a child um a new hope and empire strikes back there's no doubt about it han solo was was you know without question my favorite character oh, you know one of my yeah. childhood heroes absolutely. definitely my favorite character by the time it got to return of the jedi um 
suddenly Luke, you know, now with yeah. as a full Jedi with his with his black costume and his green, new Luke. green lightsaber stuff yeah. and his yeah. Yeah, exactly his, his his gloved hand yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. That's when, as a kid, suddenly Luke was then my favorite character. Yeah. At that point, um, Han was still cool, but, you know. But for, for me, well, uh, he, I now as an adult <laughs> looking back, I can kind of see where you're coming from. But as a kid, um, Return of the Jedi was probably my favorite, um, and that was because you know it had. Jabber and it had you know the Sarlacc pit scene and it had you know the speeder bike chase speeder bike, is still it was, amazing it was so cool and, and but actually, that featured Luke you see it did <laughs> but you have, you have Han just before that uh, punching some guys and throwing them into trees and, and, and treading on a twig <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. treading on a twig yeah, yeah. come on I mean uh, what about uh, when they, they're trying to open the blast doors and Leia pulls the gun and it's all smoochy kind of uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. looking back at it now I can see he's not as cool he's definitely not at all but the um, carbonite messed he, with him, man. He was still Han. He was still when you're when you're young, growing up watching that film. He he's still got he's got that awesome trench coat on Endor. Lovely. Yeah. I must admit, the oh, trench brilliant. coat's cool. Really? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes. Uh, so <laughs> you know they had to they had to take him somewhere a little bit darker in Force yeah. Awakens, and they they had a go. And they did. Um, and they did. And then they finished his story there. Yeah. And now we've seen. I was going to say we should story. talk about how his story begins. I so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts? Uh, what, one thing I will say that sort of ties into this is, I made the comment when we did the the, the last Jedi one is, yeah, I when they showed you know the whole Luke with the holographic dice and all this sort of all the pro- force yeah. projected dice yeah. and all this, yeah. I thought to myself, I think they're setting that up as a, a as a prop because it's going to be used in in solo yeah. right because let's be honest before then it was always part of the set dressing in the falcon we well, never really yeah. we never ever really noticed them no so, yeah yeah you, you see them but, but you, not no, close no, up did you actually not, know not when watching the film the only reason why i knew about it was i used to play the customizable card game right and that was actually one of the cards was hands lucky dice oh. lucky dice but yeah. it wasn't right. gold that was yes. that okay. was that was one thing. So, it wasn't golden dice, but they were supposedly hanging up. Were they it, in a new hope? Yes, it, you do see them. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. You've got to, as opposed to being sort of featured in a close-up yeah. as a prop. So they're basically yeah. they were they're part out of focus. Yeah, at the, yeah. Edge of the, the, the place yeah. you can really see it is when. Um, God, this is so sad. But when <laughs> when they're in Docking Bay ninety four, yeah, right, okay, and yeah. you know Han says yeah. about getting the what before the stormtroopers. Uh, turn up and Han says to Chewie about getting ready, getting in there. Yeah. And you see a bit where Chewie gets in the cockpit and the, you actually do see them and you particularly see it in HD. Right, they're, they're, right. They're, they're dangling and flapping okay. there in, yeah. in, in, in the Falcon. It's, it's a throwback of George Lucas because he was very much into uh, racing cars and stuff and of course right. his previous film was Oh yeah, American Hanging Graffiti. the Dice. Dragons. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's, that's what that prop was but it was never... I mean, you know, you know that's, it's cool that they found a, a connection to the original films, but was it worth? Well, I mean, you know, the, the prop actually is—it doesn't come to much. In, no, in well, the, solo, this is this is this is where I was going yeah. with this. Yeah. Is that one of the things? I, and again, I don't know whether this was, um, you know, with with Lord and Miller's departure and mm. Ron Howard coming in, whether or not it was something that uh, from from the Kasdan script got got kind of sidelined or anything. But um, yeah. that that was the thing. It, you you kind of. You had it sort of set up in the future, if you like, in in the Last Jedi, and then you 
you saw them right at the beginning of of, yep. of Solo. You nicked a car and, 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 put, and yeah, and it's kind of. <laughs> but then in terms of the plot, especially the way he won the Falcon and stuff, well, it come, didn't really come in. And then right at the end, I thought that was a really odd. I know I'm way, jumping way forward now, but yeah. a really odd shot to end the film on was the close-up of the dice and well, I sort of them, thought she gives them back to it doesn't she she does that's but the, yeah, but they didn't the only, really I thought they were going to serve something a little bit more I thought I mean, they were going to be explained and they were going to be like some sort of extension of his character they just they weren't of really his, yeah. of his um, childhood and his previous relationship with Kira that's, yeah. that's what I take from yeah, it yeah no but, absolutely but, but I didn't really need a physical object to do that because I've just seen the scenes play out and it didn't yeah. really add anything new to it it's no. just a little memento I, I do get the feeling there was they, they set up a lot for another film yeah oh, and yeah. I think they were planning well we'll we'll leave that for the next film they'll mm. play a bigger part we're just sort of we're showing them here so because you know hey as you say it's more noticeable in The Last Jedi yeah it would have been cool if yeah. they if they used the dice to somehow save the day. Like maybe the, well, you know, when they're trying to get away from the um the the black hole. Oh yeah. Maybe if if, if they'd been a oh a, they a, used a jumper them. missing yeah. and they put them in the Vulcan sort <laughs> yeah. of circuitry or something. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. It had been the thing they needed to conduit the personality of L three to become the Vulcan's. Uh, that brain. was that they was the weird. Like that was another weird thing. The whole the whole business with L three being the Vulcan's brain. Yeah. I mean, okay, so she navigated to um, to get out of the castle, castle uh, to do, finish the castle run. run yeah. yeah, but that was it. That was, and then never, never mentioned ever again. Yeah, she, mm. I mean, it's not. You'd think to have a character as big as L three become the Falcon, you'd think <clears throat> the Falcon sort of deserved its own voice, really. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and basically they're, they're seizing on that. Is it a line from Empire? Empire, Empire. Uh, where yeah, C3, yeah. Uh, well, it, says absolutely. Uh, he says, "I don't know where you're, uh, <laughs> where, where you're." Um, you know, ship learned to communicate yeah. that it had a really weird <laughs> dialect. In fact, they expand. Yeah. I'm a big fan, as I often mention here, of the, ra the audio dramas, the radio right. dramas of Star mm. Wars, and they do expand on that even more in okay. that. And she sort of says, well, um, or 3PO says it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's actually quite rude. And yeah. Solo says something like, uh, oh, well, that comes with hanging out with me and Chewie. You, you want <laughs> right. to mind that you don't, you know, sort of thing. So it, it <laughs> is quite, anymore, well, yeah. it's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they wrecked on a lot of stuff from yeah. the audio dramas since the, the uh, special editions right the way through the prequels and stuff. But, um, but so, yeah, that does sort of tie in. A little bit, but it's um, yeah, it's a very small detail to have included in trailers and things like that. The, the dice, but yeah, yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. That, you know. I yeah. suppose maybe Kathleen Kennedy was looking for some sort of visual cue that that threads through these new films that says this is still part of the Star Wars world, but it's not part of the saga. But you know, it's still connected. It's still um, pure. It's it's proper Star Wars, and maybe they're just looking for little things that they can do. And don't forget, they had to put a trailer out after just changing. Well, not just, but they changed the director. And if you followed Ron Howard on Twitter, they didn't finish the post on that thing until mm. like a week before they yeah. needed to. Well. And, and and they've got to then market a film with yeah. very short uh, time before release. And they can't put lightsabers in. They can't do all the usual things that would probably get them the the, yeah. the big audience for a Star Wars yeah. film. And, and that... We'll come back to the yeah. one lightsaber in this film. Later. Well, we will. Yeah, no. I mean, I know we're jumping all over yeah, the place, place but yeah. here, here was one of the the issues that I have with all of it in terms of um, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Like I'm saying, it's it's, it's up there above some of the other films for me. Um, not yeah. I didn't enjoy it quite as much as Rogue One, but it's it's close. Yeah. And um, but one of the problems I had with it was the fact that 
it was only six months ago we'd had The Last Jedi. And I know it's like the 41st anniversary of the release of, of New Hope or whatever, that they did it sort of that weekend. But I really wish that they had Disney had decided to just hold this back to Christmas yeah, yeah. so that we yeah. got a Star Wars movie. We've had that the last three years. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I could have waited another six months to see this. I and I think it may have done better yeah. had it, that been the case. Yeah, and I'm not sure very, why. It's a very strange choice to actually uh, put it slap bang at the beginning of summer. Mm. Well, right after Deadpool two, 2 and right after Infinity War, War yeah, yes. those, those three films were one after the other each week. Yeah, and yeah. there is such a thing as um, you know movie going fatigue, isn't there? People yeah. have only got so much money to go to the cinema because it's not cheap anymore. Exactly, and yeah. usually there's like a. I think it's because because we got the World Cup starting this week, so a lot of the film, they've bunched a whole lot of films together because they know once the World Cup's on, nobody's going to go and see mm. this. Well, they they well, won't get a present big... company accepted. Yeah, right? I would, yeah, 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 I, yeah you know, but they no, it's that weird right. weird right. mentality that they say, well, you know, our profits show that if mm. you know the World Cup's on, we will not get as big an audience as when the World Cup's you know mm. not running. So. But it will be long over by the time we get to. December, you know, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, y you know, for, for me, and again, I'm saying this quite selfishly, but um, mm. the last three films, um, because of the time they've, they've come out, that's always been in BAFTA voting season. Uh, so I've always had a BAFTA screening with a Q&A mm. uh, for those films. And literally BAFTA did or, or Disney did nothing yeah. For for this film, which uh, I was a bit disappointed about, you know, mm. I mean, uh, you know, without wanting to sound all snobby about it, yeah. but you know, I do like my cue. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I had to go and see it at the regular <laughs> cinema. What the hell? Sit with us, ruffians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, no but, Q and A. It, well, that was the, that <laughs> Where, was the where's thing. Where's my cast? That, yeah. that, that was the thing. I mean, you yeah. know, Q and A's are very interesting, oh, yeah. and uh, particularly with the history mm. of this production maybe that's why um, they're shying away from some of the extra publicity that they've normally done because it, it is quite a hard one to explain isn't it it is you yeah know, and, and obviously as you said at the beginning it's it probably hasn't helped the fact that it's had another it's yet another star wars film with what looks like a pretty turbulent uh, production period yes and people are smart enough you know it's all over the internet people people are going into a film kind of waiting for it to fail based on these stories, these horror stories that are coming out about yeah. how it was made. It, it, none of that helps. You know, no, they don't yeah. need that. No. I mean, one thing I will say about this, and, and you know, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of time for Ron Howard as a filmmaker anyway, but um, this didn't... It still felt, uh, you know, it still felt together enough. It didn't... Oh, yeah. like, like, for example, again, we've touched on it before, but Justice League... You could literally tell the scenes that were uh, Zack Snyder and the scenes that were Josh Whedon, you know, yeah. because they were they were really sometimes in the middle of a scene. It would totally change, and it was it was quite apparent that yes. stuff was reshot. Bit like Where that moustache. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 in but in this film, I, I felt that it was fairly invisible it didn't oh, feel yeah. like oh yeah. that oh, no, was absolutely. lord and miller stuff oh, no and way. that's ron howard and i mean I, I, you know i kind of just need to get it out you know i have to just say i love this film and i did i just the reason i loved it having seen it twice now I, I, my gut instinct hasn't changed at all it's just a rip roaring adventure movie it's yeah. a proper heist yeah, movie it, it's a proper, mm. yeah but it's got that feeling of an indie film or yeah. or, or a, a sort of empire strikes back in play you know they probably tried a little bit too hard with 
the Empire Links in the, <laughs> yeah. in the uh, Castle Run scenes. Yeah, right? and the but music. He, but but just in general, having a you know having a, a film where Han Solo is you know learning, he's finding out about himself. He's becoming that kind of uh, scoundrel, that dastardly sort of uh, bitter, jaded uh, pirate that we find in New Hope, and it was done. I just thought it was done really nicely, and I, mm. I loved the stuff with him as a sort of street kid. There was a there was a really I thought there was a really clever nod to the sort of later scenes with Jabba, where he's he's basically as a kid he's delivering to this kind of weird creature. Mm. Um, yeah. um, I forget her name now, but anyway, yeah, um, you remember the one. I know uh, what you mean you know the, the, um, uh, he, you know he's he's lifting speeders on the streets of Corellia. Uh, the the speeder had a really nice link to the um, Luke's. Landspeeder from New Hope. Lady Proxima. Lady Proxima. Sorry, I've looked that yeah. up, by the way. I didn't remember it. <laughs> but the yes. look, you know, the look of all that stuff, the early Han years with him and um, Kira, who, you know, I thought they set up the whole Kira um, sort of relationship pretty successfully. They just don't hang about. It's straight from me off. They're already together. Mm. Something's already at stake. They're trying to get away. You feel, I, I felt genuine kind of um, care about the two of them straight from the beginning in that chase. And they're trying to get through the gate. And then he has to join the empire because he's got to get it's the only way out, mm. and and that all sort of stacked up and made sense. Right. Yeah, you know, I the, agree. The, the, the just the whole, but in general, the whole film had a really nice flow to it. The, you cared about all the characters. I felt, you know, the ones that you that you need to care about, mm. and you're rooting for him. And it's weird because you know exactly how it's going to end. You up. know where they're going to end. You know, yeah. that's the, yeah. that's yeah. the curse of all prequels, really. Yeah. And normally, the thing that doesn't work for me is that I just. I find it hard to invest in characters where I know exactly where the story's going, but maybe it's because I love Han so much. Mm -hmm. I love those early films so much. And maybe that just, you know, pulls the wool over my eyes to some extent, Mm -hmm. but I genuinely enjoyed watching him, you know, meet Chewie, have Mm -hmm. his first flight in the Falcon and the adventure they go on Mm -hmm. felt great. And I just, you know, in the, in the scenes where they're, um, you know, trying to get away from the empire and make the Kessel run with all the classic music playing and the Mm -hmm. asteroid uh, belt, you know, see yeah. from harking back to Empire, I was literally giddy in my seat. Oh, I was, I, I was yeah. cheering out loud, and it was yeah. the, the screening I went to was great. It was really loud in there, and if you'd if you'd had a mic on me, it would have sounded ridiculous because I was like a giddy <laughs> school kid reliving all these brilliant um, early Star Wars films. I yeah. absolutely loved it. No, I, I was I was the same. I mean, you, you know, going into this film. Uh, the sort of lead up, which I tried to avoid everything about, you know. But did you really come... not see any trailers? Well, I, I did. I did like a week beforehand, okay. which I was kind of annoyed by because I didn't want to see it at all. But um, you, you know, I was thinking this is such an unnecessary film. Yeah. We don't know. We don't need this film. Yeah. We know this. We know where it ends. We've already had a youngish Han Solo in in the original trilogy, yeah. you, you know, why are they doing this? And I, and I sort of had real, um, real reservations about the whole thing. Um, but, but, but like you, uh, you know, I don't really understand why people are not enjoying this film because it is an absolute roller coaster ride. You know, the, the, the sort of high, the train heist in inverted yeah. commas. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was, was Great. fantastic. And, yeah, I love it. So, I, you know, but maybe, maybe we should talk about the casting then, because I think I think that's the important thing. Mm. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah I, the I, biggest obstacle was who could ever fill Harrison Ford's well, shoes. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that they're big shoes to fill. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen Harrison Ford is, is, is done Han Solo over a sort of, you know, 45 year period or whatever, if you include the yeah. the. 
you know, uh, The Force Awakens and, and that whole arc from when we saw him. And uh, obviously, I know there's loads of sort of lost missing years, you know, between uh, Jedi and, and, and The Force Awakens. But um, uh, I, I had a friend who, who had a real problem with he had seen, I don't know whether you'd seen, I've only watched it recently. This is a very, very slight tangent, but it's sort of relevant. Um, there's a film called The Age of Adeline. Yes. I don't know whether you've seen I that. I have, because of what you're about to say, I expect. Well, so, yeah. I, I hadn't seen it. In fact, funny enough, we, we had a we had a Valentine's episode where we talked about love films, and right, I'd yeah. picked um, Somewhere in Time as my movie heaven. And I almost look at Age of Adeline as being a sort of, if you were doing a, a double bill, it's almost kind of an equivalent uh, sort of movie, you know, because it's about this woman who doesn't age. Yeah. And, and and in that, and, and by the way, Harrison Ford, I just want to say this as well. Um, you know, we criticize Harrison Ford when he doesn't want to do a role. Yeah, when he when it's clear he's, he doesn't want to be there and all this sort of thing, and he can be moody, grumpy Harrison Ford. But <laughs> but he is also a wonderful actor, and I yeah, thought in the Age yeah. of Adeline he was he was amazing. One of my favorite films of his, incidentally, is actually regarding Henry, which was written, written by J.J. Abrams. Actually, yeah, yeah. and that, that's one of his that's one of his best uh, performances. But no, in this it's good. But they had an actor in this that was renowned for doing Harrison Ford impressions, yeah. and he actually looks Anthony and sa- and very yeah exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. are like, well, why why didn't why didn't they get him to play um, young Han? And I think he lobbied as you would as an actor, you know, lobbied to play that sort of gold role. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think what they did was was great in so much as rather than getting somebody to to do an impression of they got someone that sort of embodied han and and i liken this to i had the same problem well not the same problem the same relief um when jj did 2009 star trek reboot obviously i had sort of several childhood heroes you know james yeah. bond uh you know superman but absolutely han solo stroke indiana jones and of course uh, James T. Kirk, who we've yeah. talked a lot about, Kirk. Is a, and what I loved with what, what Chris Pine did with that role is is he 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 made it his own. But I had no problem believing that this was a mm. a younger character before we knew him from the the yeah. television series and movies, etc. Yeah. And and they've done a very similar thing I feel here with 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 the casting. Uh, I had seen this guy in the the Coen Brothers film I Caesar. And I thought, actually, when I saw that, oh, this guy's a good actor, you know, is it? And, I, you know, I, I I just, I went along with it. I bought into it and yeah. I felt that, uh, that, yeah. that he did a pretty good job. There was never one point I ever questioned him. I was no. like, no, that's, that's not Han at all. I, I, I felt the same, actually. Yeah. And, and as I said, when they announced, especially when they announced that he'd been cast, which was a long time ago, it was, mm. it was pre-Rogue One, you know, there was a, they released a shot of him um, they released a press shot of him dressed in the Bespin Han outfit, um, which I now have action figures of all around the house. Uh, in, you know, in a really cool blue. It's uh, a yeah, different jacket. jacket. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Not bad. Not bad. Um, and he looked a bit like him. You know, he, yeah. he he does look a bit like him, doesn't he? But mm. that didn't sell. I was like, mm, so what? You know, okay, yeah. who's this guy? Gonna, you know, this this. Um, Interestingly, when they released the first teaser trailer, the Super Bowl trailer thing, 
I was desperate to see what this was all about, and they barely showed him. They just shot, showed lots, of, yeah. lots of shots from him from behind, behind yeah. yeah. And they showed that the iconic spaghetti western yeah. type shot, yeah. And I was yeah. thinking, oh, hang on, um, is there something they don't want to show us here? Is it you know are they holding back because it's not working or it's not good enough? But I don't think they were at all, and I, I think he did an absolutely tremendous job. And, and for me, he was Han, and and I actually think what he did with it really nicely was he kind of underplayed it to the point where at the beginning of the film, Han isn't the Han we know. He's no, someone yeah. else. And no, he's, he's, yeah. he's learning who he's going to, um, you know, he's finding about himself and his life is changing. And there's that quite a nice scene where he stood at the gates to the sort of, um, you know, signing up for the Imperial Navy and the, and he doesn't have a surname. And the, the sort of uh, administrator for the Empire is, mm. is kind of probing him on who he is and where he's from and all that stuff. And there's something quite tender about that little scene. And, he, mm. and he's just lost the love of his life and, all this, and he's, you know, it's it's as he goes through all those milestones throughout the early sort of you know the first few acts of the film, you see him becoming, you know, just starting to become that Han that we find in New Hope, mm-hmm. and he and he completely nailed it. It really mm-hmm. works for me. And yeah. by the end, you don't actually get much of him and Chewie in the Falcon with them owning it in earnest. They go back, they win it from that Lando. felt a bit tagged on. I have to say, I, want, I just wanted more but, of that. Point. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. let's go and see Jabba and yeah. Yeah, let's, let's get into the rest. I of I have to ask, what the hell happened to the Millennium Falcon? Because in this film, okay, how did you feel about it? Um, it was just the well for for one, not seeing the forks at the front was kind of weird. That was yeah. the sort of more yeah. triangular. It took some getting used to, didn't it? It did, and also the the color scheme because it's white mm. with blue stripes on it, mm-hmm. and it's it's you know. It looks brand new inside. Everything's so clean, and I don't know. Like Lando, yeah. But I mean, I don't know how many years it's been. Well, it's meant to be about a decade, isn't it? I think about a decade. You're going on New Hope. Harrison Ford was mid thirties in New Hope, and uh, Alden is twenty five, right? So it should be. If they're going on that, then it should be about ten years. So they've got ten years to batter it up. And let's be honest, they did a pretty good job on the Kessel Run already. The exterior's (laughs) kind of. I was going to say that's that's the thing. It's it's the 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 interior. Is is uh, you know much much uh, it, it definitely got grubby in a decade. Yes, it? like yeah, big yeah. Time. completely yellow. Like maybe, um, maybe Chewie's got a really heavy smoking. Smoking habit. <laughs> habit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean that that was kind of if you like the sort of fourth character origin story for me of this was obviously mm. you've got you've got Han, you've got Chewbacca, you've got Lando, but yeah. to me the Falcon. I mean, you talk about growing up again, oh, icons oh, of yeah. my my childhood was essentially, you, you know, a storm stormtrooper, Darth Vader, Chewie, R two, three PO, and the X wing, the Tie Fighter, and the Falcon. They were yeah. all kind of like oh, yeah. icon, oh. icons. Well, the thing I loved in this film was that I seeing the new Falcon. You're just thinking, maybe that's not his ship. Maybe that's Lando's ship. Right. And I know he. The law is that he won the Falcon off him, but maybe maybe there was another Falcon. But then. In the middle of the Kessel Run, when they eject the escape pod, yeah. which is the front, and it looked, mm. oh, there it is. Yeah, oh, yeah, There's yeah, the yeah, American yeah. Falcon. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was really kind of, I was slightly taken aback actually, because I was so, I was so hungry for details on this film as it was coming out in the mm. months leading up to it. They leaked a, um, well, it wasn't leaked, but there was a, basically there was a toy fair somewhere mm-hmm. in the states, and all the retail stuff must come out way sooner than oh, the marketeers yes. would like. And basically, yep. someone was doing a demo of what was called. Kessel Run Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. so straight away I knew what was going to happen in some ways in the film but I suppose oh, there was no right. big surprise there and there's this really cool which I'm sure will end up in my house at some point soon there's this really cool uh, scale Falcon a bit like the one they released for Force Awakens but 
there's buttons that eject all mm -hmm. the panels and the front bit came off. Yeah. So I, was, I went in knowing that was probably going to yeah, happen in the film. Yeah. I just didn't know what that front bit was going to be. Yeah. And yeah. Lando makes one reference to it being an escape pod. Well, he just says he, there's an escape pod installed on it, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. that, that yeah. could have been anywhere. Well, I felt yeah. that they missed a trick there, and they could have actually, I don't know, they could have had a character ride out in it, or they could have, uh, I mean, Han sort of shoots it to the base squid, squid or whatever thing. it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it actually all happens very quickly, and you don't really get a good look at it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the cynic in me it says that, you know, that's that, that is simply so they can sell new toys absolutely. at the Millennium oh, Falcon. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. you know. But um, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of a... Cool, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's cool and why not? And Yeah, uh, yeah it's mean, another The little... thing is they're always going to sell new versions of the Of course ship. they are. <laughs> Hence why they keep knocking the radar dish off of it yeah, as well. Yeah, that went straight off. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's quite hard to knock that one off. It's so as flat. As we're talking about the Millennium Falcon, and I did actually annoy my girlfriend about this, but the Millennium Falcon always had two turrets so why is it since force awakens and this film mm. there's only been one turret well they only ever use one but they, they, they never they, they never bother just showing the it, top one do they? it's a weird thing because like yeah. in force awakens the whole thing with um right uh finn finn yeah being stuck in the bottom one and having yeah. to wait yeah he could have just run up to the top one yeah but they they they've they've completely taken taking that one away and you know from playing with the toy there was always a top one and a bottom one. I mean, yeah. just from A New Hope, when mm -hmm. Luke and Han are fighting off the TIE Fighters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So for the these new films now, including Solo, there's only the bottom turret. Don't I hadn't really thought of it that way. But it's just, yeah. it, 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 that that little detail is, it mm. does annoy me a bit. It's like, well, no, there's two. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, maybe they don't want to show people running up and down sort of the ladder and stuff, but... I, do, I also don't remember the Falcon having this sort of uh, steering no, wheel didn't have thing. the steering no. Han was just flipping little switches Pushes and stuff yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then you didn't really yeah, see the, what his hands were doing did you? yeah exactly you, whenever they went into hyperspace you saw the sort of two the cylinders they would push Punch forward yeah. Yeah. yeah and now and it's more it. of a bar thing isn't mm. it Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, um, which I think is a bit unnecessary. Really, you know, right? yeah. No, I mean, it's yeah. it's. I, I know exactly what you mean because you know me. I like continuity and details. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I mean, back, you know, you know, you mentioned about the name thing, and I, I've heard quite a few people sort of really say that was a bit shit. You know, getting the name Solo the way oh, he did. Right, yeah, However, I didn't mind it at all. Well, it's, people it's, not keen on that. Well, I, I, I think few of I my just, friends I just said think they the, thought it was a bit shit. I think it's the actor who did it. I think right. the way he delivered that line wasn't very good. That was one of the only things that kind of threw me off. It, um, so, you know, he's doing, asking all the questions and stuff, and then he goes, okay, Han Solo. That's how he delivers it. Han Solo. <laughs> and it's well, like... Adrian yeah. Edmondson back, didn't Yes, it, they did, oh, yeah. Dear. Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> but 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 the thing is in the novelized and i know this because i did read them as a kid they were amongst the first books i ever read but the novelization of return of the jedi yeah. actually does uh have a bit about that because um luke is is you know the, the, you're in luke's head about him rescuing han yeah. uh, from jabba and he says I'd never thought about this, but solo means alone. And they, they sort of reference it like that in, in part of the um, 
Yeah, you know, I can't do it for verbatim, but in part of that uh, yeah, that novelization. Yeah. So, mm. um, I I guess because of that, I didn't really have a major issue with it because I sort of thought of that as yeah, somewhat I, I didn't, anyway. I, the, the scene itself was fine. I just think the the actor they chose to play the imperial. Um, you know, administrator was they could have found somebody slightly better, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that. But I think that's what they're kind of latching onto. Yeah, it's like anything. Um, it's like um, Russell Crowe saying the the dialogue in Gladiator was shit. You know his his line. You know that made it into the poster about you know um, uh, a general who became a slave, a slave who became, uh, you know. Mm. That whole speech he does, you know, um, it's amazing. But yet he thought it was shit. And I know, uh, I remember hearing on the set that um, when he did it, because they, they, they actually, it took a while for them to actually shoot. He wanted rewrites and stuff. And after he did it, he goes, he shouts out to really Scott, that's how you do lines. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But yeah, I mean, delivery can sell or not sell something yeah. so i just think i just think the i don't, I don't know if the actor was yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to pick on the poor guy he's probably a very good actor he's in tears now you know that so? you've broken his heart have i <laughs> listen oh. to this no. oh dear what so. about um someone who didn't have any lines then we haven't talked about chewy mm. and he's obviously pretty much the well, co-lead yeah. in this film so yeah. How, yeah how did you feel about the um, well, the development of the Han and, well, the start of the Han and Chewie relationship. Well, a shower, a shower is always a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the shower is yeah, a little, yeah, yeah. A little weird. Yeah. It's just like, wow, well, what, what else do they get up to when, no. when the cameras aren't on them? Exactly. I mean, I mean yeah. first of all, and again, it's going to sound like I'm, I'm Last Jedi bashing here, which, but it's, okay it, it's, that, it's nice that Chewie you know, who is oh, a, a, fav, a fan favorite character Absolutely. actually had something to do because, oh, yeah. again, you know, with all respect to Ryan Johnson, I thought that the character of Chewbacca in Last Jedi was completely wasted. All we, all we had him was, was trying to fry a porg and feeling guilty yeah. about it or whatever. Yeah, he um, had a few flying shots at the end. Yeah. Um, but he, he's not really even in a driving seat, is it? It's no. He's doing it all. No, exactly. Yeah. So, completely wasted him in that film. He yeah. Could, he could have done loads. And yeah, he, he's almost in every scene, really, of this film. Yeah. yeah. great to yeah. have him there the whole time. Yeah, he is. Um, and I actually, I mean... That's one of the things that makes this film a 12, really, is the, the scene where they first meet. I wondered how they were going to do it. I kind of knew. I mean, you probably guessed as soon as they said, feed him to the monster. Bit, I yeah, thought, okay, this is, is going to yeah. be it. But I really, I thought it was nicely done. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was pretty dark, though. I mean, he's he's a few seconds away from killing Han there. You know, suffocating him in the mud. Uh, suffocating yeah. him in, right in the mud. And then the mood just completely changes and it goes very lighthearted with Han speaking well, the uh, you, you Wookiee Well, you do layer. kind of wonder that one. I mean, this is nitpicky, <laughs> but, you, you know, it's like, how the hell did he know how to speak Wookiee? You know, it's like, we always know that he's always understood what Chewie yeah, says, yeah. but we've never yeah. had him actually I mean, respond he, he, in tongue, have we, before? Yeah. Someone in the slums of Corellia was a Wookiee and I guess he so. hung out with them and, you know, there was all sorts in those uh, streets, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, I know a few people that are really into, and I, I wasn't particularly but really into the um, expanded universe, or sorry, legends, as, as Disney have branded it now, uh, that are a bit upset because there was, you know, an alternate way that, that Han and Chewie yeah, I'd heard about met. That. And, 
you know, obviously that wasn't addressed, and the whole thing about the you know the Karelian bloodlines on his on his Han Solo's right. pants or right. his trousers, oh, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. So there were yeah. there were a few things that um, that in the lore of the. Yeah. Uh, of of the legends comics were sort of or comics um novels, novels and comics yeah. were, uh, yeah. were were explained that weren't but but no i mean i i i'm not precious about those yeah. things and i thought well, they that did was it perfectly the thing, well the novels i remember it was uh chewie was with ham because of a, a life debt yes exactly yeah but it it never kind of rang true to me because they just they did seem to be friends and that's what they got in Solo. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact, yes, mm. Han did rescue Chewbacca, but well, it, is, it, wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like uh, Chewbacca. Other, really. Yeah, but no. Chewie hmm. never sort of went, oh, now I will stay with you because I owe you, you know. Well, I, I mean, for me, actually, mm. there was something missing there because I, I didn't really, I didn't really see enough reason for them to just become buddies for life in this film. You know, and, I, oh, and, okay. and, and obviously I want that to happen and yeah. I'm going with it and I'm willing it to make sense. But to be honest, the scene where they do break out of the kind of prison cell is is fifty fifty. Like it's Han's idea, but it's Chewie's kind of uh, you know strength yeah. that gets it done. Yeah. And then and then as soon as they come out of that, they run in opposite directions, and there's you know some <laughs> cool comedy stuff where he's getting yeah. dragged through the mud again. But once they're free of the kind of heist, or they're both you know the, the sort of Woody Harrelson story is kind of coming to a close. It there's not. I mean, hasn't Chewie got somewhere to be? We know Han hasn't. Mm -hmm. Chewie had a life where he wants to go and free other Wookiees. That are yeah, stuff. but yeah. why are they? It's not I a think, proper I reason for them to be I together. I think there was like a quick shot in the uh, the Mines of Kessel that um, you know he his clan was freed or something. I mean, yeah. I, I they didn't get it, into that enough. They didn't get into it enough. No. And actually, the Wookiee. There's one other Wookiee that's sort of featured in this. Mm -hmm. film. Well, I assume it's a Wookiee, and the reason I say that is because did it did. To either of you guys, did it look like an ape from 2001 and not a Wookiee? Did a bit, it did yeah. Look weird. yeah. It did a bit, yeah. yeah. What was that about? Yeah, yeah because you a... saw other Wookiees in yeah. the prequels, didn't you? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, they look and they look kind of yeah. like Chewie, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, although, you know. Unless, of course, that was a female Wookiee. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and they have the little kind of uh, yeah. headbutt uh, affection <laughs> at the end before they part ways. And I'm thinking, what? They just leave that Wookiee. In the middle of a war zone, basically, they say save him or her from the mines yeah. of Kessel, yeah, and then just yeah leave it there as we're taking off. Yeah, um, exactly. Okay. I, I did. I did actually. Um, you know, the kid in me smiled big time when he says about the uh, the, the hundred and ninety years oh, old. Yeah, you look great. great because obviously, as as a kid again reading the comics, you know, they never really said this in the film, but the the little introductions you used, used to have to the characters in the comics, and it used to say, you know, Chewbacca was a 200-year-old Wookiee, and it was uh, like, right. cool. oh, yeah, you know, and this is obviously like a decade before, yeah, so yeah. I, cool. I, I did, I did, um, I did let out a little, uh, a little man chuckle. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah a man-boy chuckle there, yeah. so, yeah. It's, and know. actually, on second view, there is, there's a very nice building of the slightly kind of oddball kind of sarcasm between the two of them that you really get in you know empire and new mm. hope oh yeah. and, and even in, and even in the force awakens i do yeah. love that bit when they're when they're in, on the snow planet you know when they're yeah. going to go oh, and, yeah. and yeah. he goes oh you're, you're cold, cold. Yeah. or whatever yeah. you know that yeah. little yeah. And, and this had a few um, moments did. like that uh, didn't yeah. it? i mean in terms of the actor again you know sort of it was interesting because in that sort of opening scene with him in, in Kira at the beginning after yeah. the land speeder chase um, yeah. he did kind of do what I call the sort of Harrison Ford puff face right if you know what I mean uh, which Harrison Ford does loads in Return of the Jedi by yeah. the way yeah. and that actor did actually do that 
to something. So it's it's really weird because some of the things were almost like an impression, but but at the same time it was he sort of brought his own thing to it, like we were yeah, already yeah. saying. But one of the things I noticed in the second viewing mm. was I was thinking the first time I watched it, obviously, you, you know, one one of the nitpicky criticisms about the uh Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where we had the you know wonderful Ooh, River Phoenix playing it. But, 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 but you know, no, but was a lot of people say this was everything that defined the Indiana Jones character yeah. happened in sort of one morning yeah, or whatever minutes. it is like. Yeah. But 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 um, you know, I was wondering whether we were going to get a scene where Han cuts his chin. But it's to, but, but exactly yeah. when I saw it the yeah. second time, and that was for me, and I'm like, time. yeah. It's Did bad. the makeup guys just go to that much detail, or is that but just coincidence go... that that guy's got a scar as well? But Did I, you, I, notice I, it? you know, I've not, I've, I've noticed it, but I didn't see the second. I haven't had the second viewing. Right, so right. I noticed it, it on the second, second viewing, viewing, and I was watching, like, I thought, "Fucking oh, hell, he's got the scar and everything." But they yeah. haven't. They kind of haven't, <laughs> almost haven't done it enough to make it worth doing. It's yeah, so yeah. subtle, isn't yeah. it? That, yeah. Well, that's that, that's a nice thing. That's just an, an added thing to to his character that just sells him more yes you know we're, we're all sort of in agreement here that he's done a good job and you know he's Absolutely. he's you know he's has that i do think he's done a great job Ford. yeah but yeah they sort of you know continuity wise they have to have certain well things. and I'm, yeah. i mean i love that i mean yeah. the fact they've you know because because if they hadn't done it i would have thought well there's obviously a many more years of adventures before we get to New Hope, so it happens sometime well, maybe he in does, that. But Han yeah. ends up taming lines as well. But, never <laughs> or Han joins the circus. There you go. Star yeah. But, um, Star Wars story. But but yeah. you know those Han had some sort of or you know he had some sort of big Corellian boots to fill yeah. after Harrison or before Harrison in this case. Absolutely. And and I I think um, yeah I, I really haven't got a problem with. Uh, with that at all but but on but you know we also need to make i mean as much as a han solo story this is also kind of a very much i think a lando mm. story as well and i mean what are your thoughts on on donald glover's performances as a a young billy d williams uh i mean a young lando carizian yeah. did you think I mean, i thought i thought he had it absolutely spot on i was it was almost spooky the he had the voice. Yeah. You know, he re- I mean, I'm not saying he was doing an impression like you say with uh, same with Alden. It didn't feel that way, but he he really embodied how I felt Lando should act and behave. Um, he was he felt a young, he felt like a younger, cockier version of who we meet in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Yeah. And just there were some really nice mannerisms and um, intonations that Donald Glover put into yes. it that absolutely just nailed it. For yeah. Me. Really nailed it and. Because um, I hadn't seen him in much before this. I hadn't either. I've got to be honest. And yeah, and um, you, you know, I mean, I mean, again, you know, we we, we talked about it, we likened it to the, the Star Trek reboot, and mm-hmm. and you know what, I, and and you know, it's it's fair to say, much as I love those films, some of the actors, yeah, uh, you know, Carl Urban being the the cult, main culprit here, you know, flat out doing an impression yeah. of, of the <laughs> of the the character they're they're, yeah. they're supposed to be playing. Yeah. But 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 um with with this I, I didn't I didn't feel like that at all. I felt no. that he he kind of again embodied it and made it completely believable. But at the same time I think the actor had definitely studied mm. 
Yes. Uh, you know, Billy D. Williams' yeah. delivery oh, and yeah. mannerisms and, and you oh, know, I'm the, sure the sort of suaveness that went I'm with sure it. I'm sure watched a lot of those uh, adverts Billy D. Williams did in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Selling yeah. the uh, cult lager. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> and I loved all the, um, again, all the all the cape references and, the, yeah. and of course, the skiff guard disguise. How cool yes. was that? Yeah, oh, cool wasn't that, that yeah. just, because we all yeah. had that figure as a kid, didn't we? The, yeah, yeah. The, the Lando in skiff guard disguise <laughs> and uh, the fact that that's a costume that happened yeah. to be on the on the falcon hey, um, speaking of was brilliant on the falcon what what was as a kid what was your um take on why at the end of empire strikes back before they set off to you know, oh, oh yes. he's wearing but hans why, but why is he why? wearing hans yeah, okay, so you've just betrayed <laughs> han right and it's all yeah. gone wrong and this deal's got worse and yeah. you know, we are where we are yeah Luke's nipped in. He's had a robot hand fixed on. You know, he's looking pretty. Oh, good I got cause... goosebumps. Yeah, while we're yeah, saying yeah. This, right, but what yes. a scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lando, we head to uh, Tatooine? Yeah, I'm just going to put on Han's, Han's clothes. old clothes. What <laughs> are you doing that for? <laughs> what, who do you think you are? First of all, this is all yeah. your fault. Yeah. Get out of his wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put your own clothes well, on. Mate. Again, and 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 this is this is again. Um, you know, really nitpicky and really sort of unnecessary. It may have been too much but one of the things I was upset about in the last scene of of, of Solo yeah. was the fact that um, you know Han had the waistcoat or the or the, the the ammo vest or whatever it's actually supposed to be on yeah. but he had it with his black shirt like he'd been wearing through the whole film yeah. so it was kind of and and I kind of wished for that last scene that they'd put him in the white yeah, shirt. I, agree, I mean, that yeah. would have been really on the nose, yeah. I know. But I, feel I was like kind of like, it. why yeah. didn't they go? Why didn't they just do that? You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't fault the wardrobe. I like the fact that it mm. was it was unique, but at the same time in the vein yeah, of what yeah. Han yeah. would wear later. Yeah, and it um, wasn't like somebody handed him the clothes. Here, kid, put this on. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, they, red they stripes were his... suit you. <laughs> but, but where the hell did he get his clothes? Because he he's a, a soldier covered in mud. They hitch a ride on that uh, freighter thing and yeah. it's taken off. And then they're in the shower, right? Yes. Together, which is a bit weird. Chewie's just naked for the rest of the film. Yes. And yeah. Han has this really well fitted. Again, different uh, bandoliers so they can sell new toys. Yeah, no, which but, I yeah. like actually. Yeah, which is really cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, Han was lucky that there were just some really nicely fitting, uh, nicely designed <laughs> clothes on that ship for him because he, he gets through the rest of the film in that gear. But at least we saw him get his blaster and holster. Right. And actually, I think spot on. To answer my own question, it's obviously that we're supposed to feel that he's um, his mentor is this Beckett, this father figure, yes. and he yeah. just basically is probably wearing his stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which which again, I mean, the, you know, we, we've sort of talked about the. The, the the classic characters that they've reimagined with younger versions here, mm. but of yeah. course we we've, we've got you know this this includes quite a lot of um, new characters to the Star Indeed. Wars universe, and uh, I mean what 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 were your thoughts about the the the, the rest of the cast? Did, did they work for you? Yeah, I mean I suppose yeah. if if we there's kind of phases in the film that you meet different pockets of characters, aren't there? So you've got we, we should talk a bit about Kira, I guess. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, Amelia Clark, mm -hmm. yeah. from Game of Thrones. Um, oh, and Terminator Genesis, oh, yeah, obviously. Shining light. She's trying to wipe that one from her. Yes, yes. I noticed she's been bad mouthing that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought she was pretty good actually in this. Um, I did, and I, you know, I have to say on second view, some of her lines kind of there's a few um, deliveries in there that I think maybe aren't you know the strongest. Right. Um, 
obviously they take her character somewhere quite interesting. Yes. Uh, and she's, a, you know, I like the sort of Terrace Cassie assassin sort of vibe that they mm-hmm. put into it. Um, and yeah, she's not particularly multi-layered, is she? But she, well, doesn't have, she doesn't have a great deal to do in the body of the film either. She's at least they didn't there. just kill her off, though. Sorry, yeah. spoilers, but they they, 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 <laughs> they, they didn't, didn't just kill her off like Which, they would. Yeah, I thought they were, they were probably going to do. Yeah, mm. I mean, it was it was interesting that they kind of set her up to be because that was his thing for getting out of the empire. He wanted to go back to Corellia yeah. and save her, and, and she had got out by herself. And yeah. um, quite a coincidence that they end up meeting again. Yes, uh, yeah. In the middle of hugely coincidental. Yeah. In that yeah. in that massive Star Wars galaxy, <laughs> you know, where ev- everybody knows the Skywalkers. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you met my like, friends, the Skywalkers? He's <laughs> <laughs> got a bit of a breathing problem. With friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't mention it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, she was okay. I guess I thought that you know her character could have. I just felt like she could have had a bit more to do. I quite enjoyed the slightly yeah. farcical, um, you know, uh, to you mentioned Lost earlier to reference the sort of uh, Wookiee prisoner trick that they play um, in mm-hmm. Lost a couple of times and they do it in Solo, right? Where yeah, they show yeah. up at the mines of Kessel and yeah. she's pretending to be this big shot um, and she's put one of Lando's capes on and you know, <laughs> she's trying to call the shots and all that. I thought that. I thought that was probably one of her best kind of moments in the film. And then I, I have to say the, just to sort of, touch a bit on the ending she did i did like where they went with her and, and mm. gave her that slightly darker edge mm. um and she just leaves han at the end and obviously she's off to meet are we going to say well, we, we, we're well, we, we will go i mean that's yeah. that's that's Why another not? whole conversation but uh yeah i don't know whether you want to go there now or, or we'll later we'll but um we'll yeah but yeah that's a... but yeah she she i thought she worked and obviously that i think that with the casting they were trying to nod to han's uh taste in women because she's got quite a strong Similarity to a uh, young Leia, right in her in her look, her hair, and her, some of her costumes. I thought. Yes, uh, a little bit. I didn't yeah, really notice. No, no, I didn't really notice a, a Leia sort of look at all. Really? Yeah. Trying to make Han have a type. We, I mean, because you know that there was a scene, um, a deleted scene from A New Hope, where Han was with a with a woman, a woman in the yeah. cantina before right, yeah. meeting oh, really? um a human ben or a greedo lady no, or human. no no like a human uh, yeah. lady, lady. Well, there was quite there was um because one of luke the, the the scene with luke with uh with biggs just with you know uh which got cut out oh, yeah quite a lot of that stuff isn't it yeah yeah the, there was a, a, a girl there so yeah a lot of the the girls yeah. sort of oh, was cool stark wasn't it as yes. cammy yeah, yeah. Um, oh, gutted, would you be that cut out of uh, hey, She got paid, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, but, so... Yeah, I, I have to ask, though, I, I did feel... Um, I've heard this complaint online, and I do kind of agree with it a little bit, but do you think it would have been worth just having one scene at the beginning before they jumped into the speeder just to cement their relationship, just a scene with the two of them? You do get one... Where he's come back from stealing this um, coaxium or whatever it is, and yeah. then and then they're very quickly off to see Madame Proxima. Proxima. Um, yeah. uh, well, and and but the yeah, in the much. in the speeder yeah. chase was obviously a massive nod to Indiana Jones oh, and yeah. the uh, Last Crusade. You know, going between the ships, yeah. Yeah. and you, you know, there's not enough room. Yeah, yeah. So go between them. Yeah, exactly. Go between them, are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. There was yeah. quite that, a few. Um, yeah, but that's like a nod to Empire Strikes Back yes. when he does it. Uh, with the um, oh the um, 
Oh, shit. The, <laughs> the space slug thing. No, 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 no. With the uh, Imperial... Ships. Oh, the, the, yeah, the Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. How, yeah. how did I yeah. not remember that? I don't know. That's, that's okay. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, but I think that was a, a callback to that as well. Yeah. But no, I think if... I think just to sort of cement their relationship a little bit more, it would have been nice. Just like a, a scene of the two of them, even if it was just maybe them going through, uh, mm. like whatever, like whatever marketplace or anything that Corella has, that we mm. we see a bit more of that instead of just jumping straight into the action. I agree. I know yeah. it's a Star yeah. Wars film. And Star Wars films do start off immediately with a piece of action. Yeah, every one of them does. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the running start. I did. I, mm. I, obviously, I was intrigued to see if they'd give it a title crawl. Or how they'd get us in. Yeah. Um, I thought it was, it was okay. okay. It was I mean, okay. I mean, they, they always have the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, which is a given. But, that was enough um, for me, but they actually put quite know, a lot of they stuff did after that. Put, put yeah. a bit of thing about <laughs> Corellia the smuggling world yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And and then we get, you know, the Solo logo and he literally sort of... Mm, he's bombing it. Drives through, through it, yeah, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, Read some but, interesting uh, stuff with the costume designer, actually, where they uh, they put some quite interesting sort of behind the scenes stuff out as part of the marketing for the film and I think what they were saying is they were trying to um, they were looking at like late 70s uh, early 80s fashion because mm-hmm. if you notice in the, in the early stuff he looks like he's got a sort of bomber jacket on with the sleeves pushed up mm-hmm. and they're oh, yeah. trying to make him look like a bit of a young 80s kid basically because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. harking back to you know, before the original films would have come out, and they're trying to tap into the nostalgia. The yeah, yeah, I mean, they've done. Like, there's a lot of subtlety to a, a a film like that. The scale of what they're playing with, and actually, yeah, they really did a good job, didn't they, with the, with yeah. the, yeah. the art well, direction and the costume. Well, I always yeah. like. I mean, you know, the bit when they go through the the sort of imperial, um, uh, you, you know, the uh, the it's customs place yeah. in, quite near the beginning. Yeah, it, it is. You know, for me, I, I guess again, it's nostalgia. But I, much as I like the the sort of slightly modernized stormtroopers that they had in in mm. in the force awakens i do like as i did with rogue one like oh, yeah. seeing the sort of classic stormtrooper outfit yeah. And, yeah. and those things and, and with this what one of the things they did better than much as i love rogue one the one thing that's really jarring in rogue one is when they try and put those two guys from the cantina yes, in so the right. in the market at the beginning and the most unluckiest yeah ever. yeah that that was kind of a little bit sort of on the nose uh, whereas oh, um, this was a bit more subtle in fact one of the things i liked and this this always causes um again some some sort of uh uh controversy i guess it is is the fact that um when you see the sort of propaganda promotional um uh trailer if you oh. like holo holo, holo video thing yeah. for the uh, for the empire that they're obviously playing you know the imperial march, march yeah, in, in a slightly that, different key wasn't in it? a slightly yeah. different key so it's the, the <laughs> digestic music is actually sort of john williams music which is good but but it's it's interesting because <laughs> they they did that in in the rebels tv show for um was it empire day or whatever yes, yeah. i think but even again it's me going on about the uh, the the audio dramas um this was before we had the imperial march darth vader's theme but um in 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 the first episode of that, Luke is listening to a recruitment tape. Oh, right. Um, it's called a tape as well in this, <laughs> of of um, you know joining the Empire. Cause that's what Luke 
originally wanted to do, you know, yeah. when he was a farm boy on Tatooine. Yeah. And they've got the playing on the playing on the tape. And he actually hums along to it and everything. So they they have kind of done that before as as sort of how do you in universe music? How do you feel about them doing that? Being in universe music because it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the soundtrack that we hear, but should it be the soundtrack that they hear as well? I, I, I mean, mean, if it had been for any longer in solo, it would have been a problem for me, but it yes. was just short enough and there was enough yeah. um, atmos over the top for it to be subtle enough to, to get away with it. Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Maybe it. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's one of those kind of little yeah, fanboy it, it, it's, nods. It's like when the, the new Battlestar Galactica they, they did the sort of the, the oh, the national the old, anthem was yeah, the yeah the, the theme thing, from yeah. the original seventies yeah. Galactica, yeah, which was yeah. nice because it the, was the, the soundtrack to that uh, uh, Star Galactica, especially the opening credits, was you know, quite different, very different. Yeah, it's not exactly <laughs> yeah. could hum it in the playground. No, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny actually. Um, again, slightly tangent as mm-hmm. we tend to do on this, but Bear McCready, who was the um, the guy that. Uh, uh, composed the music for the Battlestar Galactica. Um, well, he didn't. He was a he, Richard Gibbs did the mini series, and he was one of his uh, sort of proteges that went on right. and did the rest of the series. He, I, I heard him interviewed once, and he said, uh, interestingly, because he also did the Sarah Connor Chronicles right. for for David Nutter, and you, you know that that sort of thing. And he said it was interesting because with with Battlestar Galactica, he was told to go completely away from what Stu Phillips and stuff had done with the original yeah. uh, material, go completely in the opposite direction. Yeah. But then with the Terminator series, he was told to take a leaf out of Brad Feidel's book and, and, and you know, have some of those classic sort of Terminator sounds. So he had sort of two different things to do. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah well, so, you know. what did you think of the rest of the soundtrack? I mean, we had the throwbacks to Empire. Especially yeah. the asteroid chase, but what did you think of the rest of the music? Yeah, it, it was was it uh, uh, John Powell? Was it on this one? I can't even remember who did it. Was it John Powell? I know obviously on um, it was Michael Giacchino on the uh, on Rogue, um, Rogue One, one yeah. who who you know I'm a, I'm a fan of. I have to say, and I thought he did quite a good job, but I don't remember who did this. I should know. Oh, was it, it wasn't John Powell? Was it? It was. I can't remember who did it. Who did the music? <laughs> I mean, there was a new theme in there for Han, there was, which yeah. uh, actually, again, keep saying it, but on second view, sort of landed a bit more for me. And if I'm honest, the first time round, I was only because I'm just such a ridiculous fanboy. I was only kind of really picking up on all the uh, reprises of the John Williams stuff, which yeah. I loved. Yes, um, and I. Th- you know, I thought they balanced it really nicely. I, d- I don't know if they needed all of the, um, or maybe not as many of the sort of nods to Empire that they that they actually put in in the end. It was it through, throughout the Castle Run, you get about five different. It's basically a medley. Oh, yeah. It's like you it's get a, a medley. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it I think John Williams far, did do some of it, didn't he? But he gets uh, a massive credit. I mean, jo- John. It is John Powell. I thought it was John Powell did the. Um, I've looked this up now. Yeah, John Powell did the. The main score and John Williams did, you know, what they call the Han Solo theme and original Star Wars music. Oh, so but, um, he wrote the new thing. Yeah, apparently that. he just wrote the uh, one right. thing. Mm. But, okay, uh, interesting because it's in it yeah. quite a lot actually. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it is. But I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't too distracted by the music. I mean, obviously, the 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 the, the 
the callback to the asteroid field and the and the yeah. um, you know the the the, the laser turret yeah, yeah, uh, turret scene, music yeah. and stuff was was yeah great to hear. Um, it just shows you how great those soundtracks are. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, but yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely. I, I don't know. Yeah. I always have this bugbear today that a lot of soundtracks are forgettable. Mm. You know, and it's it's such a shame because it's back in the day the soundtracks used to be so good mm. and yeah. now they don't seem to be I, I don't know they're very functional instead of actually being totally something that you that. can hum. yeah, yeah. doesn't really drive it along and, and, and actually that's part part of my sort of delight with this whole film was that you know seeing modern action movies you know with, uh, this is a bad example but you know Pirates of the Caribbean or even some of this Marvel stuff um it hasn't been working for me in the in the same way that those classic eighties action movies used to used to yeah. do. And there's something about the overall crafting and the work that I guess Ron Howard has put in to make this land like a classic eighties sort of action adventure, rip roaring adventure. I I think there's some real kind of uh, attention to detail that's gone into giving it that feel. And yeah. mm-hmm. You know, maybe if they'd if they'd waited another seven months, he would have got even more out of it in that sense in the post production. Mm-hmm. It yeah. had been a Christmas yeah. movie, you know. But for me, they still got it to a really good place in that. And I agree. You know, um, it didn't. It, who knows where it was going with um, the previous creative team? But it didn't need any more comedy for me. If that's if maybe that's where they were taking it, and that's a stab in the dark, because who knows, right? Mm. But f- from the work of theirs that I have seen, I would assume maybe it was going to be a bit lighter in tone than. The majority of what I saw in Solo, for me, anyway. Yeah, yeah and it, I mean, it, it and didn't I mean, need any more of that for me. It was, it was just right. No, and I mean, kudos to um, Kathleen Kennedy, who again is getting a lot of stick from from some fans out there. But you know, yeah. kudos to her for sort of taking control and making these decisions. I mean, I, th- I thought tonally this had just enough humour yeah. that was, was mm. for, for my taste was just right. Mm. You know, I, don't, I, I like my more well, darker, serious Star Wars and, and this this kind of had that. Um, you sort of take us back to a point right from the beginning, actually, which is probably the reason I, I like this so much is because Rogue One and... I, li- I really like Rogue One. I've got a lot of time for it. But Rogue One and Last Jedi, for me, are a bit too dark in places they're a mm-hmm. bit too heavy and as i say i mentioned my son getting into these films i can't show him those films for a long time right. they're too heavy yeah yeah and there's basically nuclear bombs going off in rogue one yeah yeah and <laughs> yeah. Know, rogue one's very dark it's extremely yeah, dark there. you know and um there's a massacre with vader and all, you know it's, it's really powerful stuff to watch as an adult but for me star wars isn't shouldn't be going too far in that direction i guess no. and last I jedi there's a lot of this is a problem that started with the prequels Especially with um, with Revenge of the Sith, Diff, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah. I, I get what you know, and, and, and if anything, someone should just take the time to just quickly pay tribute to George Lucas in oh, general for, Lucas. for everything yeah. he's done and how amazing yeah. these films are and how amazing this whole franchise is. But yeah, with the with the prequels, um, obviously he was going in a slightly different direction, and the, the, well, the Revenge of the Sith I have to is say very it's heavy. Kind of the direction he was going throughout those films because they they for films this thing was stuck with the original uh, trilogy you sit down watch them and they're fun they're you know they're a ride yeah and then when you get to the prequels there's all these politicking going on mm. and the politics gets more and more as you yeah and, and, and actually do you know what and slightly stick stuff there is but yeah. having recently rewatched the prequel trilogy and rewatched episode one about eight times last weekend um <laughs> 
I've actually got to say that I don't think episode one is as bad as everyone says. And I don't think it's the worst Star Wars film. I think Attack of the Clones is the worst one, personally. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually think episode one, as a standalone film, actually has a pretty good flow to it at times. And it's actually it actually works as a standalone film. And it's got a good three-act structure. It's got the right journey, I think, for all the characters in it. It's got an amazing finale. Whichever one of those three battles you're looking at at the mm. end... I think there's something impressive to find in all of them, especially the Jewel of the Fates mm -hmm. score with the Darth Maul. Oh, scene. that's yeah, I mean, that's absolutely great. just mind blowing, and it looks so good in HD. It was great to sort of rediscover some of that stuff. I agree that the, you know, trying to watch that with a young child when when you do get some of the Senate stuff and some of the politics stuff, it is far too kind of. Um, it's far too much dialogue. It's far too wordy. But actually, especially if they haven't seen ET yet. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's, it's not exactly tucked away, is it? It's right no, no. there in the bottom sort of third of the screen. Uh, but I don't, I just don't think it's as bad as everyone makes out. I, I don't think Jar Jar was a great choice, personally. I think no. he, he he would have worked as a, you know, if they hadn't if he hadn't tagged along for the whole film, it would have been much stronger for me. But actually, it's all shot on film. It's got a really nice look to it, and it, there's far less green screen at play and blue screen yeah, at play than, than the other two, two. Yeah. yeah and there's a lot of practical work and especially if you can still get hold of the version which sadly i couldn't but if you can get the version where yoda is a, a puppet with frank oz actually operating <laughs> i think even it, even though you don't like that puppet well no, puppet doesn't, no it doesn't look too like different he, but, yeah you know considering he's 900, 900 years old yeah. and this is like 35 <laughs> yeah. years before it's like he has a nose job like, really but no he went downhill very quickly but here's the weird thing you know about Star Wars and obviously they've got all these sort of plans to do different things but you know people always say about the the, the prequels you know not being good and you know for the reasons that we've all said like dramatically um we kind of know where things end up so the stakes are somewhat less yeah and you know some could say that you know Rogue One and 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 Solo a sort of throwaway by nature but but you know again these are prequels so we're still we have gone back to prequels again as well as sequels um you well, know for I, the saga i, I think the, the the general problem with the prequels was the fact that it was so much put onto anakin becoming darth vader mm -hmm. and it was nothing it wasn't it wasn't about anything else mm -hmm. that was all it was about was about anakin becoming vader the problem was anakin was just a brat. I mean, he he he's like, if if there was a lineup of people and you go right, which one's going to be Darth Vader? They go that one. He keeps moaning, <laughs> you know. He keeps complaining about you know Obi Wan not letting him do mm. enough, and he wants to do things that the Jedi Order don't want to do. Well, yeah, he's an angsty teenager, basically. Yeah, it's, but like Luke the, was in the in, yeah, but in I mean, a not New to, Hope, but not, not to that. No, Luke you know, wasn't that annoying. But I mean, I, I he always... goes, and, uh, you know, massacres a whole village, a whole village of Tuscan Raiders. You yeah. know, yeah, it's pretty heavy stuff. I agree, yeah. and and I think having you know the opportunity to review those films, the the thing that's really missing is a sort of for a Star Wars movie is a kind of Han type scoundrel character, a lovable rogue. Yeah, you know, a smuggler. Uh, this, a it, this, it could have done not with much of a cast. Really, well, no, the, Je mean, the Jedi's are a bloody sullen bunch, aren't they? And as much as I love Ewan McGregor in those films, he, you know, he doesn't. He, you don't get much of that kind of um, classic Star Wars sort of ride out of it. There's a lot of politics. Yeah. There's a lot of talking. Um, and it doesn't. It, they for me, they didn't never quite deliver on what I was looking for. Yeah. But I still, having actually out of interest, watched a bit of the making of some of them recently. I, you got to respect what he was doing because no, no one had done 
um, fully CG characters interacting with dialogue. Mm. No one had done the level of effects work that he took it to in the second two. Mm. Love or like the films, you know, he's he's pulled off some ridiculously ambitious stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. There, there are there are scenes in the making of episode one. There are scenes where they're sat around a table. This is pre iPads and phones and laptops, and they're they're looking at the budget sheet. They're talking with the the animation lead from ILM, and they literally don't know if they can even finish all the shots that are left, and the, and the release date is coming. And it's, it's technology that's never been tested, never used before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lucas is this amazing kind of visionary, sat there quietly, oh. just self-belief. Yeah. And, it, and oh, again, a, it's his own money yeah. he puts up every time. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's, he's got he's billions. A, he's but. a great innovator. Yeah, but I just wish he spent more time on the script. Well, here's, yeah. here's the thing. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, again... <laughs> You know, back to back to solo. Oh yeah, sorry. Is, solo. No, no, no. But 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 that's a really good into it with the script. Is you know, this was written by Lawrence Kasdan and obviously his son, son. right? Yeah. And who? Let's be honest. Empire, you know, Jedi, Jedi Indiana Raiders, Jones, yeah. oh, Raiders. Sorry, yeah, yeah. All that was all kind of from him, and and obviously the stronger stuff was was a lot of, and and also the Force Awakens. Of yes. Course. Yeah. Um. But apparently this this had been in development by Kasdan and Lucas and whatever prior to the whole Disney um really? sale apparently. So this, wow. this this film had been sort of on the drawing board for a long time and it's one that sort of Kathleen Kennedy has sort of cherry picked mm. from okay. some of those ideas. Okay. But what's also interesting, I think, is the fact that um even though, you know, Disney have kind of drawn a line under any of the expanded universe stuff that had been written beforehand, you know, in order not to, uh, you know, again, the cynic in me is, so they don't need to pay, you know, the creatives, the authors and all this sort of thing, royalties or anything. But interestingly, they are kind of cherry picking bits and pieces from that, you know, for the solo movie. Like, apparently, I've not read them, but there is... um, you know, Brian Daly did a trilogy of did, Han yeah. Solo um, <clears throat> books. You know, back in the the early eighties, he also did Lando. and there was some. La- I, yeah. I don't. I think somebody else wrote the Lando ones. But Have you, read you, you, you know the part where the, uh, yeah, ages ago. ago. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know the part when um, which again is very amusing, where uh, uh, Lando in 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 this film is recording. Like yeah, a, a book, a, a yeah. book of Novels, it, the, yeah. the Lando Chronicles or <laughs> yeah. whatever he's called, yeah. the Calrissian Chronicles, whatever it is, yeah. uh, which is very amusing, and he gets interrupted during it. But apparently, the setup that he's going through is actually from one of those right. extended universe yes. novels, yeah. and and the and the um, that's nice, and the gang, which I totally can't remember the name of, which is annoying. Um, that's uh, the pikes. You mean that they're that they're stealing the um, uh, no the, and... the 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 gang. At the end, uh, oh, uh, they become the rebellion. Yeah, uh, the, the, the something riders. Is it the yeah. storm riders or the sky riders or some, something like that? Well, they are actually taken from. Um, I remember when when Marvel held the license uh, to do the stories. I, I had an annual that came out. You know, a couple of years after New Hope had, had been been in. I think it was around the time Empire Strikes Back, yeah. and the annual had. Some of it had the the um, the the Marvel adaption of New Hope um, or Star Wars as it then was, but it also had some of the um, Carry On Adventures. And what they did is that they they did a Carry On adventure with with uh, Han and Chewie 
you know, because okay. they seemed like the sort yeah. of logical characters to go off and pay Jabba the Hutt yeah. or whatever he was going to do at the end. And it's really weird because he kind of does almost like a sort of Magnificent Seven type story where um, he, uh, you know, he, he brings on board like another another old Jedi Knight, but also right. like a, a sort of six foot green talking rabbit and all this. I mean, oh, really yes, weird stuff. Yes, but, I, but, I, I, that's know, the, I know the comic book yeah, you're talking but about. They, yes. But they've taken the name of that gang and used it for the uh, for right. the game. so they're borrowing little things well, because from the they do extended. own the rights to all yeah. that stuff yeah. I mean you gotta remember that they were just being licensed I mean I don't I, the, the whole Legends things is so it's not canon mm. for a long time it was canon and now it's not because they want to do their yeah. own thing they need the space to do that. Yeah, I because think that I understand yeah, because from a creative point of view. In, in the Legends timeline, you know, it, it took a the Empire was still around at mm. this point. Mm. They had another enemy that came from the other side of the universe that started invading, and it did feel like, uh, as Antonius said many times, that these characters never got a break, <laughs> never got a break. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, well, Luke's had 40 years on an island now, so milking, drinking his green milk yeah. from a well, fresh been, from the teeth. It hasn't yeah. been 40 years, I mean, <laughs> playing on a pogo stick or whatever he's doing. Yeah. That's that is the interesting thing. We still don't know how the first order came about, and no, that the whole history of That's what like happened between the, well, five year history you know isn't yeah, there. In the, there, the, I think part of my massive dissatisfaction with Last Jedi was that very early doors it sets out to basically chuck away all of the enigmas that are raised in force awakens and yeah that being one of them like how did yeah. the force what was the uh, knights of ren all about what was that flashback all about with luke and yeah and um you know luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder in a weird way really sort of odd kooky kind of not funny but not serious way yeah is a symbol of Ryan Johnson's statement of intent, basically, which is, I'm going to do everything you don't expect me to do in this film. Mm -hmm. And and killing Snoke and just not, you know, have, have, not having, having an iron land instead of a spaceship. Well, I yeah. was like, what? You know, it, it's it's things like that that, are, that make my problem with mm -hmm. uh, Last Jedi. I actually, I've got it on Blu-ray. I've watched it with commentary. I've watched it twice without, and I saw it at the cinema once. But my main, you actually said something on this podcast which really summed up my kind of uh, issue with it, which I did not have with Solo, which is when me and my wife walked out of the cinema having seen Last Jedi, we literally both just went, ah, that was a shame. Like, it just didn't mm -hmm. do what we thought it was going to do. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what Ryan Johnson set out to achieve. And for a lot of people, it really worked. Mm -hmm. And they loved that. Oh, yeah. It was different. Yeah. Yeah. When I came out of this film with my wife, my poor suffering Star Wars watching wife, <laughs> um, we both kind of went and had some dinner and we're like, that was great. That, yeah. We really enjoyed that. It was just kind of, you know, a Friday night at the cinema. That was what we wanted. That was what we were kind yeah. of in, in for. And maybe we're just suckers for a kind of uh, slightly mm. sugar-coated, you know, uh, we're just, just like but... when we met you and I are clearly on the same wavelength because <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's how I feel. But, yeah. but one of the yeah. other things about the if you like the classic characters versus and I God, I'm sounding like an old git now, but the classic characters versus the new ones is, yeah. you know, Ray and Finn and Poe and, and whatever. Oh, I just don't kind of have the same sort of thing for them as I did with the, oh. 
with yeah. Han, Luke, and Leia, um, and I, I, Chewie, and you know whatever. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And my, my main bugbear with Finn, uh, sorry, with Ray being basically the the main stakeholder now, the main Jedi, the last Jedi, I guess, the one that's left that we're pinning everything on. She, I don't know how how I don't know how much time is supposed to have taken place between Force Awakens and the start of the last Jedi. Not, Not much, much, but Not okay, much. so pretty much. So basically, yeah. she has been aware of her force powers for about a day right and after a day maybe a day and a night she's able to best luke skywalker with very little effort and and land him straight on his ass on the top of that cliff when he won't train with a with a staff or whatever it is she's better than luke luke from return of the jedi who's the coolest jedi ever like the main yeah. you know yeah. how how can she be she can't even be a jedi at this I point know. they no they they've set it up that um that there has to be a, a balance within the Force and with Luke cutting himself off from the Force, that the Force needed to rebalance itself and it just went, ooh, huh. <laughs> so she kind of got like a, a yeah, super serving of Jedi, Jedi power. Yeah, the, the idea is that uh, because Kylo Ren's so powerful that there had okay. to be an equal and uh, opposite one. But I can the, buy that if, yeah. if, she, if she's told a bit more. The problem is like yeah. when even in Force Awakens when she's... Um, tied to that chair, sort of torture chair thing, and Daniel Craig is the yeah, stormtrooper. Storm yeah. How did she figure out that she could just brainwash people with that really cool Obi Wan trick? Like no one's told her that you can do that. She just has a go at it, and it's sort of, I don't know. Even for a Lawrence Kasdan and JJ script, that's a bit of a clanger for me. It's just too easy. Mm. Yeah, but hey, maybe uh, I think they had yeah, some ideas. I, again, I f- a lot of it is audience serving because as audience yeah. members, we know that. We know the Jedi mind trick, you know. You just, you know, say, yeah. "Let me go," and they'll do what I say. But, so, yeah, um, I, but I as, that. but as characters within that story, you know, how do they know that stuff? I mean, yeah, there's lots of things in the Force Awakens that Ray, for somebody who's stuck on a trash planet, knows a lot about. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, when she she's got no books in that crash no, <laughs> no. that she sleeps in. You know? I yeah. mean, I can I can take, you know, Luke being a legend. Yeah, I yeah. like that, and, yeah. and same with Han because he's a legend of the rebellion yeah, too. When so, they yeah. meet him, right? But I mean, when he she, did the when castle he... run in, what is it? <laughs> Fifteen parsecs. It, it was, was twelve. 12. Yeah. yeah, and I do like the uh, in now this film where he says you round it down. down. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also was... love that the Kessel, his version of the Kessel run is basically a massive shortcut that he just cheats. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, too. Well. yeah. but um, the the thing is though with. I understand the sort of the complaint about Ray because Luke had to train. He kind of earned being a Jedi. Yeah. He had to go through so much stuff. I mean, he had to lose a hand. Yeah. You know. Hey, hey, I, um, I've got to ask you guys another question actually yeah. that's been on my mind for a long time, and I think about this quite a lot. I've read about <laughs> I've read about it on forums, and stuff, but as you're both here in the room, it's a rare opportunity for your listeners to hear your take on a kind of uh, classic Star Wars quandary. Okay. How long is Luke on Dagobah? And how long does it take Han and Leia to get to Cloud City in your mind? Because you're just talking about how much Luke goes through, which I completely agree with. So, Keith, you go first. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, that that bit's always ambiguous because you've got like the whole sort of asteroid field and the, I mean... And a broken hyperdrive. A broken hyperdrive that they had to fix. um, And obviously a journey to Bespin, which would have taken a bit of time. And of course, hiding waiting for the Imperials to dump their trash uh, and yep. hire a team of bounty hunters. <laughs> yeah, they you show know, up pretty quick. All, yeah. all of that. And um, uh, so, so, you know, and, and, and 
in the asteroids or in the in the space slugs belly and yeah, yeah so there's quite a lot of time so i i would and look, i mean hanging around for a while before yeah, they're you know um, putting him in a back putting yoda in a backpack and yeah, doing tarzan swings yeah. right? i mean i i, I yeah. it's it's hard it, it when you watch it as a Has film, it, it seems like just a few. No, actually, to be honest, it, no, and and this is somebody that's <laughs> obsessed with timelines and continuity yeah. and stuff. But n- no, that's never really bothered me. Um, I think that I... bothers me less yeah. than the amount of time that had taken place between uh, <laughs> the end of uh, the Force Awakens oh, okay. and um, Last Jedi and Last Jedi. You know, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that ever bothered you? Uh not really. I mean, I figured it was about a week or so. That, okay, yeah. a nice solid yeah. number on it. I like yeah. that. So, yeah, yeah, much, much but, more committal yeah. than but, me. But where do you think the week happens? Because when they when they arrive at Cloud City, they're wearing exactly the same stuff that they've been wearing through for what for a week. They look pretty fresh, right? So maybe yeah. Yeah, but they head, have showers but might, together what, on the Falcon. <laughs> I guess there's a cape room on there that we didn't know about. So yeah, yeah, maybe they should have all came out in capes. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid, I always thought Luke had been training for about six months or something, right? Because he, you know, oh, okay. you know, because he's or maybe, I don't know, maybe three months, something like that. But then there's an interesting point where you see, uh, you come back to um, Leia and Han, and she's in a new outfit, but he's still in the same outfit, isn't he? Before, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's in that kind of dark red number. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, and, on the best bin. Yeah. And it, you could kind of buy that being, oh, maybe they've been there a few weeks then. Hmm. But, but maybe, maybe, maybe in a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, the, uh, the, the synthetics of the... Uh, of the clothing, you know, were, were odour-free <laughs> and yeah, yeah. self-cleaning or something. Um, anyway, but, sorry, uh, I interrupted your point about yeah. Luke having gone through a lot. Yeah, I, I sort of came, I, I came to sort of the end of my point, but okay. I can I can understand why the, the, the whole Ray being a Mary Sue stuff come, comes up. Yeah, and you know, I I, I accept it for what it is for the for this story, uh, but it, it doesn't. It's not the same as what Luke went through. Yeah. Yeah, great looking no, film though. I'll always I say think. that about Last Jedi. I think visually, mm. absolutely blew yeah. me away. Like, oh yeah, quality. Yeah, and, and, and actually, here's a question for you guys: yeah. What did you think of the cinematography ah, in right. Solo? Because it's very, very sort of dark mm. and dirty mm-hmm. in yeah. comparison to a lot of the other Star Wars films. A lot of the other mm. Star Wars films, cinematography-wise, is very clean. Mm-hmm. Totally this agree. is not. Yeah, I mean, mm. Force Awakens looks so kind of commercial every frame of it is rimlit and really saturated and really poppy and mm. has got a really modern cinematic look i would say yeah um i found this to be especially actually i keep saying this but on the second viewing too much the the look of solo is very murky mm. and kind of um what i call loggy it looks mm-hmm. like it, it looks it oh looks, yeah, yeah, yeah you know the the, yeah. the high the high dynamic range thing is too far on this and actually mm-hmm. Some, I was speaking to someone today, a, a creative um, a designer, and she absolutely detested the look of this film. She loved mm-hmm. the film. She could not get on board with the visuals. And, and watching it a second time around, there are points... I mean, they've done it for effect, but when he's in the kind of slums of Corellia um, and when he's in the the trenches, effectively, um, and whatever planet that is where he meets Chewie, mm-hmm. yeah. it's really hard to see who the hell is who. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you're not... I mean, I know they've done it for effect, and they've gone harder with it but then even when you get into the the scenes um on the planet with warwick davis and uh, whatever the name of that gang is mm-hmm. it's still got that look to it really and, it, and mm. you can see that it's a bright blue you know burning hot sky and they have just desaturated it to the point where it's almost black and white and there's mm-hmm. no contrast left and i yeah it was strong and bold but for me it wasn't star wars enough yeah well sorry 
I was going to so. say, but in contrast to that, when you get inside the Millennium Falcon, it just pops. In it there. did, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's I, I I get the feeling that was what the effect they were going for. They wanted the sort of dirty, grungy look for the rest of it. So mm. when you got into the Millennium Falcon, it was like you know shiny, yeah. shiny, yeah. very shiny. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is always, and again, it's such an interesting aspect. I think of filmmaking is is you know what. We're talking about so many different elements here. So, you, you know, you've got on one hand, you've got the actual design, you know, uh, the production design, the props, the set dressing, you know, all of that stuff, the costumes, which we've already talked about. And then on the other hand, you've got the, the, the way it's lit. But, you know, I mean, it is all about mise-en-scene as well, because like... Um, I often have a chat with, with, with one of my friends who always says that... Um, whether it's JJ, whether it's Ryan Johnson, whether it's Ron Howard, whoever, one of the things that's missing from Star Wars now compared to uh, the original trilogy, particularly New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, was in terms of the actual framing and cutting, you know, you had this very sort of Kurosawa-esque, mm. um, you know, Sergio Leone-type mm. um, massive wide shots with you know very little coverage mm -hmm. and uh obviously of course with lucas you had the crossfades as well yeah. which is another thing but but, but you, you know you had that sort of thing whereas obviously jj has a much different um uh rhythm yeah. to to his films even though the, the 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 visual aesthetic is 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 quite similar yeah uh you know in terms of the lighting and the color saturation and all this sort of thing so yeah it's it's, it's a real interesting one this they did you, you know they were kind of going for the there was a lot of iconography in this film that was very spaghetti western s mm. which yeah. is which is essentially what this this was a western in space a heist movie yeah. in space and um or in a galaxy far far away whatever but yeah. um uh yeah i agree it it was somewhat dark and murky until you got into the millennium falcon which was mm. uh, like you said oddly new and shiny mm. which yeah. uh um very. Yeah, Christ knows what Han did with it during <laughs> in, that, in that ten years. But um, for yeah. something that he yeah. loves, he didn't treat it very well. Exactly. Oh, maybe that's why Leia it's, left him. Exactly. <laughs> maybe this it's is like, a whole a whole other adventure. <laughs> maybe I'm he sure. said, "Would you mind not washing?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think the Star Wars films. I mean, you know that this is the the thing that is so unique about what. George and his team did, you know, with Star Wars and with Ben Burtz uh, on the audio side of things yeah. and everything, is Star Wars has a very distinctive world. You know, in terms of the world building, it's one of the best ever examples, I think. It it's the, got a very best, distinctive yeah. universe. And, yeah. and this is why, and I know we'll get into this in a minute, is, is why, like, there are certain things you expect to see in a Star Wars film like for example lightsabers which ah. has become but you know and, and all of this sort of thing but but uh, but i mean one of the things i do want to do is, is obviously we've talked about han Chewie, lando the falcon we've talked about kira um and i know we're going to get to another character but but what about i mean i i do want to sort of mention the, the the rest of the ensemble so we had like um you know, Tobias played by Woody Harrelson. We had, it was great to see Tandy Newton in something. I mean, she's yeah. doing really well at the moment, what with Westworld and, and this. As Val, we briefly mentioned L3, yeah. uh, you know, Lando's um, droid. 
Uh, I mean, what, what are our thoughts on some of the and, and obviously we've got to get to the the, the, the villains, which sure. we'll come to. But what, what what are your thoughts on on that gang and how did you feel about well, I did feel that like with uh, Tandy Newton's character, she didn't she wasn't in it for very long. I mean, she got killed off very quickly. Yeah. And nonsensically. Did you feel, well, yeah, exactly. I felt that I, it was a little yeah. bit of a death without meaning. Mm-hmm. I felt yeah. like she and it could have done with some more dramatic. Yeah. yeah. And also Woody you know, or, or Beckett, he seemed to get over it very quickly as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but if I was with Tandy Newton, she got blown away. I'd be bloody gutted. But uh, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But um, but 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 you know, uh, yeah. no, I, agree. I mean, for me, obviously, I, that's not what the film was about. I know. No, but it's um, interesting how quickly you go from uh, the sort of heist set of characters into the kind of Lando set of characters and then you yes. come back to the, the main villain again. And of course um, I almost forgot John Favreau's John Favreau is character, the, sort of the, the forearmed yeah. yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie, I could have really done without the I got no problem with John Favreau. He's great as a voice character, a voice actor, um, just as much as he is in real life, but I didn't need a big CG character in that well, in, in any of the film, but especially in that part of the film, it didn't work for me. I would have rather that was a uh, practical uh, costume if they were going to go that way. But he he did a good enough um, yeah he did a good enough job with what it was. What an he was interesting. Given. I, I've, again, it was a character we didn't get really to to know that much. No, and no. it could have been kind of interesting because yeah, I, I mean, think this is the first time seeing a character with four arms actually being kind of useful. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty nimble in the old cockpit. He's yeah. going from one seat to the other and all that stuff. But I I just thought that whole bit of the film is. It sort of shouldn't work on paper because mm. they, w- within ten minutes, they try and they try and kill Han by feeding him to Chewie. They really don't like him at all. They're really not interested. And then, literally, a couple of minutes later, they're sitting around a campfire, getting to know him, and then they kind of like him. Mm-hmm. And then he's an integral part of their gang. Oh yeah. And then a couple of them die. Yes. Uh, and Han and Beckett are, are really pretty important to each other from, yeah. from that point on. And it happens amazingly quickly. If you were kind of counting the pages, there's not much kind of character development going on it's all set pieces yeah but it sort of works like it, it you know it's only retrospectively looking back at it that you feel like well that kind of shouldn't work should it? yeah they, 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 we should have had longer before val gets killed and we should have known yeah. more about this monkey pilot stuff but it just yeah. it's bang 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 it just never and, and also those yeah. probe droids they called them vipers they did and which they is are very battlestar galactica <laughs> i was like vipers yeah. Yeah. but uh love yeah those, they were they were those speeder bikes they were like sort of newish probe droid you know yeah. different yeah. probe droids yeah. weren't Empire they but, uh, probe droids. Yeah. yeah um no i thought the the heist bits were you know again it's weird it shouldn't work because you know han and chewie are both going to be fine but i was on the edge of my seat when Chewie's hanging off the edge of the, you know, the train, and Han yeah. yelps him back before yeah. he hits the boulder, and then really nicely kind of um, choreographed shots where they they've got the coaxium in the big container, yes, and he has to cut the harness, and it's this really cool explosion. Yeah, it's great. You know, I, I must action. admit, I felt gutted that the whole heist was kind of wasted. Yeah, but but I mean, obviously that's how you're supposed to feel as an audience. Yeah. So I think it worked really well. Yeah, um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was. Uh, I mean, I guess you, your question was more about characters, and you mentioned um, L three as yes. well, and that was probably as you've no doubt detected. I'm pretty positive about this film, but if I could change one thing, I would either recast L three or completely rewrite her scenes all together I didn't need 
a robot revolution, a droid revolution. No, I didn't need we, a kind we, of. We didn't need a social justice warrior. I just didn't. Really. That was what it was. And 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 yeah. I, you know, the, the a transgender sort of, droid, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, but, there's uh, a sort of the hint of the love thing didn't bother me. I didn't mind no, that. It's no. sort of comical and light, and you know, worked with the rest. How of the does that time. even work? It, it works. works. Yeah. I was like, oh, um, okay. I didn't mind that, right. but the the sort of equal rights comment and the, she's trying to break up robot wars effectively, isn't she? In a bar. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I do you think that was that Lord and Miller or or Kathy yeah. Kennedy or? Well, this is doing? this is solely being put at the feet of Kathleen Kennedy, right? And she is very much pushing forwards. Yes, of being, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah which that is... kind of stuff, but I've, it just feels out of place within a Star Wars mm. film. I totally agree. Yeah. It yeah. was jarring. I mean, I know this is obviously a. Well, I say it's a prequel. It's like an intercall. We've had the prequels. We've had the, <laughs> yeah. the sequels. Have this yeah. is sort of in between. But you're right. We've never. I mean, we, we've had a you know K two S O in in um, mm. uh, Rogue, One. Rogue, Rogue One, One who was yeah. fantastic. We had a sort of sassy droid there, which was a bit different, an imperial droid. Yeah, and, yeah, and we, we, we've got like we another very sassy, sarcastic. but yeah. but, um, but they're they, just but you're right. on three PO every time, aren't they? Like we, you yeah. know, a, a droid that's you know, a bit uptight. Yeah. It was all done with 3PO and it's been done absolutely, you know, you can't top 3PO. He's no. the best. He's yeah. the, well, this the is the first movie not to feature C-3PO, even though but it does Anthony Daniels yeah. has a has a part in it as another character. But, oh, but okay. um, of course, he had to get in there, yeah. didn't he, about well, everything. On, you know, but, otherwise, how is he going to pay the bills? Yeah, you know. <laughs> because cause, cause, too, cause, you know. cause yeah. I had a bit of a, again, it was a carry, but what, a little nitpick about our Rogue One was, you know, 3PO and R2 appearing in it was just for fan service yeah. because they shouldn't have ne- necessarily no, they shouldn't have been there been at there. all. They would have been on the... the wait, 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 explain that. Four, yeah. Hang on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, hang on, how did they get there? Well, exactly, because they're supposed like... to be... Well, here's the other thing. What was the Tentative Four doing within... The, the the belly of that capital ship that don't make no fucking sense yeah. either <laughs> you know I mean, uh, I'm a princess I mean, on a it's... diplomatic mission <laughs> yeah and you know uh, I'm hitching a ride with this capital ship that's going into battle yeah I mean Rogue One it's really Rogue does wrecked on my beloved um, audio drama quite quite okay. a bit okay. um, but 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 I but, but, I, cool but I love it I was going to say yeah well yeah Obviously. but I mean it was supposedly it was supposed she received a transmission. Not mm. a disc physical, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. Right. you're right, so, yeah. Well, but yeah, L3 for me, I would either cut her way down, I would rewrite all of her character, or I'd recast her because actually, I felt that it could have been just a performance thing for me, it just went too far and it actually detracted a couple of times from where I wanted to be at mentally. I actually film. thought the, the actress who was playing it was actually uh, the actress who played Captain Phasma. They sound very. They do sound alike. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it's a you know we're British audience, so maybe there's something about I. It just did. She did take me out of the film a bit, and maybe yeah. that kind of. Just I, threw it. It's just. It was that I. I think it's the whole thing of her sort of, because I know in Star Wars universe, droids are very much looked down upon, very much so. I mean, you know, Luke. When he first meets, you know, C three PO and R two D two, he's like, "Oh, hello." Doesn't <laughs> yeah. a restraining bolt on them straight away. Oh, right. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, I can I can still see the uh, the droid droid sort of uh, revolution happening in the uh, the mines mm-hmm. from the fact that she just took the um, the the, the bolts. restraining, restraining bolts. bolts. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the whole sort of lead up to her when she's in the bar and she's mm. you know, yeah. I mean, it's great that. Um, 
Ron Howard's brother got a... Oh, Clint. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got a cameo. Get, gets to be in Star Trek and Star Wars. Oh, there you go. So who, oh he, was yeah. the, he was the guy who was running the robot fight. He's the one yeah. who goes uh, up to Alfred. Right. He goes, well, leave it alone, uh, you know, okay. paying customers I mean, and stuff. Ron yeah. puts, puts Clint in everything. everything yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah, that was... That, so we definitely know that that was a part <laughs> of Because they, yeah. they say, I mean, again, 70%. nobody... But they say it's filmed over 70% of yeah. this film. And I mean, wow. that, that takes us to another character. We know... Anything with Paul Bettany, who again is is doing well on the franchises. I, I'm wondering whether he <laughs> yeah. said, "I'll be in this one, but I need to look more like me." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, but 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 it was originally Michael K. Williams was that role, and they were going to do a, which I guess they ran out of time to do like a, a another CG character, which right. you know you, you you've already said you didn't I'm necessarily did need that, yeah. and 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 instead they did. Paul Bettany with a bit of sort of scar makeup mm. on his mm. on his face, but what 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 did, what did we feel Brilliant. about I mean, that? A, he's a great. I thought he. I don't think I've seen him as a villain before, and I thought he played it beautifully. Really, he, yeah. he was. Oh, he, the, was really he, he played the uh, albino monk in another Ron Howard. Another Ron oh, he Howard, did. Yes. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. But um, um, yeah, I, he was fine. I mean, if anything, again, he he was hardly in it. You know, he's basically got two scenes. Hasn't yeah. He? And I kind of, I, I don't know, I wasn't desperate for more of him yeah. in there, but he did the job and I'd be scared of him. I'd believe that he'd, he'd <laughs> murder me if I didn't do what he said. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. And his kind of, the resolution for his character arc was satisfying. And I thought it was great, actually, that they didn't make harm this kind of expert um, marksman, you know, hmm. really good. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't that good in a fight, actually. He was really... All over the place. He'd never done it before, mm, and that yeah. that worked. And he, you know, but at least he shot first, indeed. Which I know <laughs> Kasdan said was a bit of a fuck you to the special editions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, and you, you know, know, if he didn't shoot first, then uh, the whole the whole relationship between him and Beckett actually hinged on that happening, right? Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they they couldn't get away from it. They wove it completely into the story and the bedrock of those two characters, yeah. which was really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now that 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 was. That was really cool. So we're going to do it then. Well, let's, let, let, let's talk about obviously. Obviously, everybody knows this is this is we've already spoiled <laughs> it to, to death anyway. But, <laughs> yeah, but he, here's here's the one thing where, as a Star Wars fan, this this is cool. But for a general cinema audience, I think that this could be potentially massively confusing because unless unless you've seen rebels or the clone wars or any of that expanded or Which this doesn't okay well yeah. i don't know whether this made any sense to you then but obviously what we're talking about here is we get a reveal that that darth maul or maul as yep. he's being called now crimson Sun is, is 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 behind it and, and again we we get a lightsaber in there which is which is cool because it's a st piece of star wars yeah audio and visual iconography yeah. um, and all of a sudden they've got a colour feed on their sort of telephone yeah yeah, yeah what's yeah. that about <laughs> yeah. Got, bearing in mind this is yeah. in the past yeah. it should be even wouldn't the emperor have had like the latest one on, on his, uh, his star destroyer <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the death star would have had full colour uh, exactly. holograms on exactly <laughs> there you go there's a, there's a thing yeah. but it was kind of cool but obviously as far as as far as the cinema audience if you, if you just take the Star Wars movies and forget the expanded stuff and the TV animated yeah. series yeah. we saw at the end of, of the, one of the best bits of the phantom menace is when obi-wan essentially not only cuts darth maul in half but he falls down a reactor <laughs> shaft yeah. Yeah. yeah so 
you know, there, there's all that argument about lightsabers, quarter eyes, wounds, unless you're that thing in the cantina, of course. Yes. Um, you, well, you, you, know, you, you know, but, yeah. but, 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 you know, Darth Maul, as far as the, if people saw it, like if you were showing your kids these, mm-hmm. you know, and not showing them any rebels or letting them read any comics or any of that sort yeah. of thing, Darth Maul died. Yep. Right. So now suddenly and it's great that they, you know, because it's the same amount of time since Phantom Menace. So it's good that yep. they got Ray Park back. back yeah, they got yeah. Sam Whitner, who does the voice of Darth Maul in the in Rebels. in yep. Clone Wars and Rebels yep. animated series, which is great. But and I think it's really cool. But I did sort of think to myself, this is more fan service than sense here, because, you, you know, we don't know that. I mean, okay, they make his legs when he stands up make a robotic sound and all they, this. Yeah, but, they do look But nobody really robotic. knows what, ha- you know, it's, it, the, mm. I'm being really nitpicky now, but mm. from a movie point of view, Darth, I mean, they only brought Darth Maul back because he was a fan favourite. He was like the yeah. Boba Fett of the yeah. Yeah. of the um, prequels, yeah. wasn't well, he? I, I, have and, to, I just have to say, did you notice the... Uh, the armor that was in the villains. Uh, yes. yes, yes. I actually the... thought the cameo was going to be Boba Fett. Yes, mm. I yeah. thought you were going to see somebody yeah. come, they also come, had... come in and just say, "Oh, armor, nice." Exactly. <laughs> they also had the f- fertility idol from uh, oh. Raiders in the. Uh, I didn't see it the first time, but <laughs> okay. somebody I'd heard somebody That's mention cool. it, and I I was looking out for it the That's second cool. time, and it's oh, in right. his artifacts. So Trey, I, but, I can uh, actually, I'm glad I kind of captured the initial reactions to that and have remembered it because right. I, for a few seconds you don't really know who it is. And I didn't yes. know the actor's voice well enough to know that, oh, that it's Darth Maul. So did yeah. you know straight away? Because you, you hear him before you see him. So did you know immediately that it was Darth Maul? Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say immediately, okay. you know, yeah. but yeah. I, I right. sort of, the Twigs. reveal worked. Yeah. So yeah. for a few yeah. seconds, my brain went, oh, it's Palpatine to, oh, it must be Snoke. They're going to tie this into the new writing that we're getting mm-hmm. in the seat and actually that will be really cool because you know, yeah Snoke, i must Snoke's admit been... for a second though, i thought it might have been snook uh, snook yeah, yeah i mean what yeah. a great opportunity to do more with him because uh, as mentioned ryan johnson's kind of you know <laughs> it looks like put the end to that <laughs> although maybe jj will turn, turn it all around but actually then when it was revealed to be darth maul i was just like this is cool this is so cool i had no idea that was coming and Ooh. i actually think you know that film is what uh 19 years old now phantom menace right Mm. and i actually think he has become enough of a legend visually whether people know that film or not Mm. there's still enough of him around in general merchandise and kind of pop culture Mm. and you know um, comic books or whatever it might be he is such an iconic looking character and Everything about him, the music that they put with him, the double-ended lightsaber, the sort of the visual iconography. That he was he brought, the coolest was thing in the Phantom Menace. Oh, but, un- but unfortunately, they wasted him in that. They again, did, again, yeah, George did. Lucas did something a bit like Ryan Johnson's done something you didn't expect. Right, yeah. yeah, because because he was kind of set up as the the, the henchman, the, the big yeah. bad. You know, yeah. um, if 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 Sidious or uh, Palpatine or yeah. whatever, like, like, like we didn't know that twist, you know, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. If, if he was, if he was the Tarkin, then Absolutely. Darth Maul was supposed to be like the Vader, right? Yeah, and, 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 um, and they, you know, they got rid of him pretty quick. And I, I don't think for one minute that Lucas ever thought, oh, he's, I'm killing him like this for now, but he's meant to come back later. Okay. I don't believe that for one second, no. but I kind of didn't mind. It's Star Wars, it's sci-fi, anything can happen. And, 
I thought it was cool and it was a twist I had no mm. idea was going to be there. And well, actually, it ties it in as well yeah, as, a, as a sort of sequel to the prequels. Yeah, so, they, yeah. They, they're very much... They do sort of time with the prequels a lot. I mean, with Rogue One, we had uh, Bell Organa. Yes, we did. Yes, yeah. yeah, and we yeah we had that, and we also had you know, you know a lot of uh, audio and visual cues that linked to to the Rebels TV show as well. Which which by the way, I need to uh, see you, that. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. seriously really need good, to yeah. watch Rebels. Is 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 amazing. I'm, I'm well, I, I haven't bet, watched all of the Clone Wars, but I bet you haven't Rebels watched Droid Tales, which is what my four year old's currently <laughs> watching. Right, the uh, the Lego Star Wars uh, and ah, right. all of that. That. And actually, <laughs> even in that, um, they retell episode one, and Darth Maul gets cut in half, and then his little legs run off, and his body goes one way, and his legs go the other. <laughs> so even my four-year-old son knows that Darth Maul gets cut in half, but it's like Brilliant. a big comical thing, you yeah. know, and they, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and whenever Jar Jar shows up in that, he just gets destroyed. Like there's a myriad of ways that Jar Jar gets killed in Lego yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. it's almost like the, robot that, chicken. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the hate runs uh, runs. Far deep. for that, the runs deep for him. Yes. Yes, but no, I, I thought it was cool, and I was glad it hadn't been spoiled for me. Mm. Um, mm. And it kind of really did a good job of actually thinking. Well, where could they go with another uh, well, prequel movie? Of well, this, this you know? is the question, now, this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Apparently, and um, when Kathleen Kennedy was interviewed um, before the release of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, she apparently categorically said that the anthology movies were not, they were going to be purely standalones. Yeah. There were not going to be sequels to them. They Yet, can't do that. Interestingly, this, yeah. I mean, obviously, Rogue One had to end the way it ended, and it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty mm. blunt. And then, although, although we've kind of done, I've got to say this while we're on, because uh, Simon did this as well. It's amazing. We did the um, oh the uh, experience, the, the, yeah. yeah, the VR, the, the void, the road, right? yeah, yeah. It, 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 the uh, Stratford um, Westfield, yeah. and oh my god, I was like a ten-year-old. I was so <laughs> excited. It's so Charles De Lozarica mentioned it yeah. to right. us on a podcast, cool. and uh, yeah, I, I want to thank him while we're recording this because. Uh, seriously, man, if if you loved, you know, Han and Luke dressing up as stormtroopers, this, this is this is it, and and it, and this is kind of a the the fiction of it is a prequel to Rogue One, right, yeah. So it oh, kind right, of ties okay. in with that, that yeah. but but you know, but, but anyway, my point was that was a whole uh, thing um, there. Solo has, in some respects, I mean. Maybe we're setting things up that are gonna we're gonna see in a Lando movie, or well, they're talking well, about a Boba Fett movie is, and all this sort of stuff, you know, aren't they? Han but, can't uh, get involved with Darth Maul because the Han we meet in New Hope doesn't believe in Jedi, Jedi or the Force. Yes, so that's yeah. true. So actually, this the Kira kind of um, yacht thing that's floated off into space to go and meet Darth Maul can be picked up in another anthology, and maybe it's the. Boba Fett one or it's the Obi-Wan film or whatever it's going to be that comes next and they're going to pick up the loose ends Well this there. is the interesting thing because of uh, Rebels that they really can't do an Obi-Wan But we've had three Obi-Wan movies I don't need another one But you also, know, you know I mean? no, bearing in mind that he's one. just sat yeah. on Tatooine waiting to, <laughs> to, 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 to yeah. do a crate Dragon which changes on every version of Star Wars <laughs> that they release um, <laughs> You know, to scare away the Tuscan Raiders and and and, yeah. and rescue Luke, but um, for his destiny. But uh, y- you know, it's it's you know, people say, oh, are there going to be more solo movies? You know, uh, because so. because let's be honest, he does say to Luke, 
that he'd been from one end of the galaxy to the other. He'd seen a lot of strange stuff, but he'd never seen anything that could convince him yep. that there's one all-powerful force that controls yeah. everything. I mean, and, arguably, yeah. you know, he's kind of seen quite a lot in this one film, hasn't he? To, yeah, to yeah. sort yeah. of partly yeah. convince him. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I hope. I think there's room for more. There adventures is. of Han and Chewie, but they've got to be careful now because he, they are a bit limited in terms of how far they can go with it. Yes, yeah. I mean, also the fact is as well as you know, just talking about the economics of this film, it hasn't done very well. Yeah, it's bombed, which I think is so sad. But, but why so, why that is the case partly is due to the fact that they basically shot it twice. Yeah, well, that so, you know, and that, also where they've released it. They released it after two massive hit, you know, mm. releases. Well, five months after the last one. Mine, yeah. Um, yeah, you got to question that call now. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they were scared of the um, the Christmas uh, schedule because mm. at the end of the day, yeah, there are a lot more films being released around Christmas now, but Star yeah. Wars would still rule. Totally but, agree. Um, totally agree. Yeah, you know, and I personally love the fact that we got a Star Wars film every Christmas. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we, I and did. We, and we know yeah. we're getting one the Christmas after, after. next, which yeah. is JJ's next, so it would have fitted perfectly. Definitely, yeah. mm. but anyway, so it's a quite, I, quite a long wait now to the next one. But critically, it's done okay. As, yeah. far, as, I, as far as I'm aware, yeah, it's like sort of uh, 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Yeah. Like, Fan-wise, you know, if you believe what's on YouTube, there's a bit of a backlash. You know, fans don't like it, especially older fans. But those are those are the fans that run YouTube channels, not all yeah. fans. They're the yeah. ones that take their time. Oh to do yeah, it. I yeah. mean, a lot, a lot of it is sensationalizing. You know, how do you get people to watch your video? Well, you just say solo, awful. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, what I think is yeah. interesting is we we had a rule that we all stuck to, and and listeners should know this because before we recorded this podcast, none of us talk to one another about what we thought about Solo because that was the thing. Yeah. We yeah. wanted to save it for the podcast and see whether we had sort of differences of opinion. And, and I think it's quite interesting. I wasn't sure, Simon, whether you were going to whether you're going to like it. And the reason I say that is because, you, you know, Ross and I have sort of said about, we're, you know, we're, we're not massive fans of The Last Jedi, which I know you are, and, yeah. and I res totally respect that. Um, and I want to... So I'm almost wondering whether any of our other you know, guests that we've had on or listeners are going to want to sort of come and counter this because, you know, we, we all are pretty much in agreement that that, yeah. uh, that this is a great film and maybe we're just, uh, I don't know, nostalgic old men or something. I don't, I don't know. Well, I but, mean, this uh, is the thing. I mean, uh, both me and Antonio loved it. Right. You know, yeah. and... As I have you know, anyone that has disliked, disliked it, it yeah. So that's why I find all of this really strange. I'm not going to name people, but I know a, p a few people that have said to me that they they found this a bit dull and pointless, oh, okay. actually, and, and a bit unnecessary. And also, I mean, and I'll agree with this argument, is this is the most expensive Star Wars movie since the since the new, you know, since Disney took over, oh, okay. obviously because of the reshoots yeah. and stuff, it costs yeah. like, like 200, and, I think it was 280 right. uh, million or something, which it has made back, by the way. It's is already that, made that. Is but that the pre marketing thing is, or post? Well, I don't know. Yeah. But but here's, here's the thing, you know, I loved it, but I could also go with the argument is, was this story and was this, you know, essentially this throwaway story, this throwaway movie worth that much 
you know does it you know does it deserve to be the most expensive star wars movie well, that and or not most, and, and, and people ask was this a story that needed to be told yes because for a lot yeah. of people han solo's origin story yeah. is from when you see him in the canteen yes. to when yes. you see him to return of the jedi you see him go through that arc of being very selfish selfish mm. you know just being about himself mm -hmm. and then Seen by the end, he's a general in the rebellion. Yeah. Well, what I think is quite interesting, and again, um, I'm sure the Kasdans and Howard and whatever had, you know, a lot to do with this. But what I, what I thought, you know, sort of this is, if you like, reading between the lines a bit more, is is in this film he says on a number of occasions that, you know, he, he tells Kira that he's not the good guy. He's mm. not the mm. good guy. And she keeps saying, well, you are the good guy. And then years later... In Empire Strikes Back, you know, Leia is telling him that he's not a nice guy; he's yeah. a scoundrel, and all. That. And he's like, "No, I'm nice," yeah. you know, and, 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 and all this. So, I, I think from a from a sort of character journey point of view, bearing in mind, you know, there's there's whatever the ambiguous amount of years, but let's say a decade or whatever, or yeah, fifteen yeah. years between those films. Um, you know, obviously he's got to get the Falcon really dirty in that time as well. But, um, uh, but, but, but you, you, you know, I, I think that's quite a sort of interesting counter in this film is he's, he's, you know, a young kind of more naive Han Solo here that we've met is, is, is he believes that he's not the good guy, you know, that he's actually a badass and he's a bad guy and all this sort of thing. And, and then by the, by the time we get to, Han, the sort of bitter, twisted Han in, in yeah. uh, you know, particularly Empire, well, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and, and obviously he comes out Carbonite totally different anyway, right? <laughs> but, um, but, 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 you know, he, he has changed and he is the good guy and he is the general and he is about, you know, he's going to go on to be a dad and mm -hmm. settle down, well, for a bit before he goes off and goes yep. right back into his uh, his mode. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's that's kind of an interesting arc if you want it. And I don't know, I, I think that's intentional, but maybe it's just me being a, a fanboy. I don't know. I think it's, I felt that it was intentional and it, it yeah. felt like they'd worked hard to give him a bit of substance and not make him, you know, he's not bitter and angry from the start in this film. Mm. He, he, they're not, they, it would have been quite easy to write it as Empire Han from the beginning, but they've tried to give him some pretty good, believable in that world development. Mm -hmm. um, and it, He's he's young and naive, and and he keeps stepping into those um, kind of uh, ultimatums with that gang, and completely blowing it. Doesn't he, he has to step <laughs> out again and hand <laughs> back over to Beckett? You know, mm. he, I, I do love the comedy timing yeah. when he does the old, because you know Han and his bluffs. You know, oh, yeah. I mean that was silly at the beginning when he's got the, the thermal detonator <laughs> yeah, and he even yeah. makes the click. You know, but but no, later on when he says, you know, there's there's. 20 men in that ship yeah. uh, and as, as he says it, <laughs> it the ship just leaves I just yeah. thought oh I love I love that kind of comic timing when, when they do something like that that's brilliant it's you great. Know. Yeah. wonderfully right. I think it's time for final thoughts yeah yeah absolutely I mean uh, well we've talked about all the characters we've talked about the story mm -hmm. we've talked about the music we've talked about the visuals mm -hmm. is there anything we've not covered <laughs> I don't know I'm sure there is um, sure there is. Uh, do you feel that you said everything that you are? Because I know you really wanted this, Ross. Hey, you, you know, thanks for you... giving me the opportunity. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I feel that I've bored people for long enough with my <laughs> thoughts on this film. I'm very satisfied, uh, yeah. as I was with the film. That's what all I can say yeah. is, you know, I just think 
I was skeptical. I'm a proper, I guess what you call a proper Star Wars fanboy. <laughs> and I didn't think this was going to be worth it. <laughs> but I really love it. And whether it's worth 300 million, <laughs> I can't speak for that. But I had a great time seeing it. And I'm, I know for the next 10 years, it will be on in my house over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's definitely so, a Blu-ray purchase yeah, on and, the day it know, comes out. Or... Me too. Me too. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to... I doubt I'll see it again at the cinema because I, I don't think many places are playing it still. No, but it's sort of it's, it's kind of to the end out. of its run. Did yeah. you did you yeah. guys? I didn't do need to ask this. Did you watch it in two D or three D? Oh, two D. Two D both yeah, times. Both times yeah. for me as well yeah. in two D. Yeah, three yeah, D's yeah, uh, kind of thing of the past for me. I, I, I mm. avoid that at all costs. Really, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't add anything it's, to me. No, I just it's find it's it interesting. interesting to see that yeah. it's now gone the other way. Where before mm. it was really difficult to find a two D screening. Yes, and now. It's the yeah. other way around. Yes, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I um, I just thought it was great, and I'm really glad that they made it. Yeah, I hope they make more, but at the same time, if they don't, they left it in a place where, you know, I'm satisfied enough as a punter, and sure. they can go off and do more Star Wars stories that don't involve Han if they if they feel that's the right thing to do. I'm sure he's on their books for another three films at least, or whatever it's going to be, and he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. turn up somewhere. Lucky bugger. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, if anything, it was just great to get the Han and Chewie that I know and love back on yes. screen. And it was Han, and I believed it. And I, I went with it, and yeah, I'd love to see more. Yeah, no, the, the, the same here. I've got a feeling, though, Simon, that we will probably, there will probably be another podcast sometime <laughs> in the future <laughs> discussing so. this, because... <laughs> Um, you, you know, you know that there, there are some that might sort of disagree with with yeah. with with that, uh, yeah. and that's what makes this interesting yeah, to do. But, uh, cool. <laughs> All right, Ross. Well, okay. we always give everybody the opportunity to promote themselves a bit. Which uh, I mean, is there anything that you're currently working on? And if anybody did want to get in touch or help you with something, how can they find you? They'd be very welcome to, and they could check out uh, my website, which is citizenross.com, and you can see some of my films on there, and there's contact detail and more info. All right. And, and are you working on anything at the moment? Um, you got... Yeah, I've got a um, short drama that I'm just trying to get finished at the moment. Okay. Um, and, yeah, there's, there's a few other recent projects on there. If anyone's interested, take a look. Fabulous. Excellent. And Keith, where can people find your work? Okay, yeah. If you go to <laughs> YouTube quite and, this bit live, and put way. in British yeah. Isles, that's E-Y-L-E-S, as in my last name, uh, there are some short films, one of which we mentioned that Ross helped with um, on there, you know, for, for you to watch and comment on or whatever. Um, and if you want to see other work that I'm involved in, if you put my name, uh, Keith Isles, into... IMDB, you can see some credits there, and I'm pleased to say that uh, I'm working on a um, uh, a web series at the moment called Rebecca Gold, which again, if you put that into YouTube or Facebook or uh, LinkedIn or anywhere on social media, <laughs> uh, you can find out more information about that. And I'm also working on Simon's project, which I'm sure he'll tell you about. Yes, and as always, you can find my work at independentrunnings.com, which includes stuff about my uh, feature that I'm currently finishing called Modern Love. And uh, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and all good podcast providers. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, 
<laughs> Sorry, I've never been looked at. No, we're not, we're we're not used to looking man. at each other. Is this is, 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 yeah. on auto cue? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, you can follow us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just search Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. And please leave us a rating and review on iTunes and Stitcher. It all helps. Okay. Thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me. An absolute pleasure to uh, meet you both in this context and watch you do what you do live. I'm pretty honoured. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have a good feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, please join us again for the next episode of Movie Heaven, Movie Hell. Cloud City's always looking for new talent. You think you have what it takes? Days are gonna get better I'm so happy